Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. We are no strangers to the great Robert Rodriguez here at the Pancastio. We covered his directorial debut in El Mariachi, and now just a mere four years later, he all of a sudden develops a solid bromance with Quentin Tarantino, and together, along with a bunch of other talented people, created From Dusk Till Dawn in 1996. While most people were playing Super Mario 64, I was busy taking in this movie at way too young of an age, but who cares? I had already seen Sama Hayek's boobs in Desperado, so I was just going back to the well, baby. Anyway, today we once again honor the great Danny Trejo and Cheech Marin, who, by the way, do not disappoint in this film at all. And Fred now Williamson. Let's put... Oh, and Fred Williamson. <laughs> now, now let's put our own foot in our mouth and pour some whiskey into our gullets because it's time to kill some vampires, baby. Now play that shit theme song. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. I'll get too old for this shit. It's the Mustachio Podcast. We're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips. It's the Mustachio Podcast. Welcome to the Mustachio Podcastio. I am your host, Daniel Segura. And today, I bring in, to me, one of my OG podcast friends, and uh, obviously a real friend as well. But it's really awesome to have seen her go from a well-actually person that I played video games with to a well-actually person that is incredibly funny. <laughs> He is now co-hosting a show called The Bloody Bits Horror Show. Horror Show. I can't always have trouble with that word. And y'all know uh, y'all know the other people from, from Bloody Bits. You, we've had Tim Yobo on here. We've had Eddie the Axe. You know, all that stuff. But today we bring in Candace, who is part of the fucking Triforce of that show. Welcome to the show, Candace. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Ready, was, ready to talk about this movie. I'm so excited. You picked this movie, and it is just absolutely fitting to kick. It's going to be kicking off our October. Um, you know, I, I don't do themes on the podcast deal, but obviously I love horror movies. I love all kinds of different types of scary movies, um, which is why I love the bloody bits. And it's a great time to talk about these movies and from dust till dawn is something i wasn't even thinking about i was thinking like when whoever i was you know you know why is because it's hard to find mustaches in the 90s i don't know why it but is. they got super uncool it became goatees that's what they all turned <laughs> yeah. into and now it's beards yes and now it's beards and we got lucky with i didn't realize from dust till dawn had so many solid mustaches we got mm -hmm. we got a lot of the classics here well, I Googled uh, good mustaches in horror movies. <laughs> oh. I was like, oh, shit, this one's in there. Okay, let's do this one. I like how you thought of something I've never done for my show. I've never, like, <laughs> looked up mustache in movies. I should do that. That's a genius <laughs> idea. Jesus Christ, why do I even run this show? But you know what? You picked From Dust Till Dawn. Tell me a little bit about your experience with this movie before we kind of, you know, get into the synopsis of it. Oh, I think we had much the same experience when we watched this movie at way too young of an age. Yeah. Because I had no parental supervision on what I watched. <laughs> and my family would just go to the local video store, and it was like five movies for $5 for five nights. 
So I would yeah. automatically just go straight to the horror section and stock up. And this was one of them. And it just became an instant favorite because it's so funny. And the, like, I mean, when I was a little kid, I didn't appreciate the smart dialogue and plot and stuff like that. I was just like, there's so much action and explosions and there's great gore. Yep. I didn't really care about the female nudity because I'm straight. <laughs> I was a little kid. <laughs> if I wanted to see casual female nudity, I would just walk around my house. I live with three sisters. <laughs> so Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. It's I like, mean... didn't phase me. <laughs> yeah. There's not, not a lot of sex appeal, you know, from the guys and other than, you know, George Clooney, I guess, takes it takes over that. Oh, and Danny Trejo too. He's got his, you know, he's got like a sexy uh, leather vest on. He's always very fit. <laughs> yeah, he's got those if, guns. <laughs> yeah, if you like a leather-faced Mexicano, he's right up your alley. So <laughs> I hope you didn't find him attractive as a kid. But no, sure, I did uh... not. I still don't. But you know, <laughs> never saw the George Clooney appeal either. I know he was like a sex symbol, but you're right. It's not my thing. I it's not my thing either. And also. I have a lot of trouble being scared of him. I don't know what it is. I, he's, it's his eyes. They're too dreamy. Too gentle. They're too gentle. I, he's like making all these threats. And I'm like, I just don't believe you. I believe Tarantino. Like, that motherfucker's creepy oh, as shit. Oh, yeah. You believe that he's a serial rapist. <laughs> oh, my God. You believe he's a sex offender in this movie. Sorry, Tarantino. But... <laughs> he is terrifying. The only other creepier person that's a brother that I've ever seen, and I don't remember his name, but he plays the brother in Punisher Warzone. He plays oh. Jigsaw's brother who yeah. gets out of prison and he's also like a serial killer person. And he's played by the guy from the Green Mile uh, who's the shitty cop. And yeah. I think, and I think he was in a couple of reality shows. Oh, yeah, because his like severely he... young wife, yes. girlfriend slash wife. Exactly. Oh, shit. I don't remember. I'm sure everyone, they're like, oh, you don't know that guy. But anyway, that guy's fucking creepy. And that oh, yeah. <laughs> Punisher oh, yeah. and Tarantino is, is the original creepy fucking brother. Oh, my God. Uh, yes, I saw it too young as well. And like I told you before we started recording, I also would, it would always be on like in Halloween when we would have like me and my friends, um, especially like, you know, like eighth grade. I was in sports. So I was almost cool. Uh, I was trying to be as cool as I could being in sports, even though I wasn't good at it. But, like, we were trying to, like, grab a boob. <laughs> or uh, kiss a Wear neck. your jersey, grab a boob. Yeah, wear yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, a lot of times this movie was in the background be because of that reason. You can literally pop into this movie at any moment, and it's fucking badass. And you might, and, and in some parts, especially because this movie feels very kind of, two two major parts you know it's the original crime part which mm -hmm. feels more like a crime oh, yeah. adventure it, it takes a hard swerve an hour into the movie yes it is it and then all of a sudden yeah you're in the middle of a fucking you know crazy ass i guess kind of reminds me of deadites a little bit they're like vampire deadites in yeah. a way um very much more because it gives you that zombie feeling um, of like, oh my god, I was bit, now I'm going to turn into like a fucking evil monster thing. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, tell me, like, have you seen another vampire movie that makes you feel that way? I've, it's always been more of a zombie thing. 30 makes... Days of Night. You're right. That That's a quick, it's a quick, quick transition into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't take long. Yeah, usually it's like, oh, it's so much more romantic or like romanticized, I guess. Yeah, because usually they do the, you drink my blood, I'll drink your blood. 
You're going to yeah. go to sleep for a little while and you're going to turn to a vampire. <laughs> yeah, I think like Interview with a Vampire really romanticized turning oh, into yeah. a vampire. <laughs> Here, uh, bite my tit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, that was another movie that I watched way too young and really influenced my path in the future. <laughs> yeah, like that movie really did make me like I, I, I was young enough to, to where I was like, maybe I, maybe I like guys too. Like Brad Pitt's kind of pretty. <laughs> I mean, that movie is homoerotic to the max. It so is incredibly homoerotic. If you're questioning even a little bit, watch Interview with the Vampire, and it might confirm some things for you. Exactly. <laughs> but then, um, I, I don't know if I've ever said this. I was going to say on air, like I'm an old fart on the radio, but I don't think I've ever said this on a recording. But I think I was like 13, 14 years old. I was always very like um, comfortable with who I was, comfortable with my sexuality. Like I was just one of those. I remember like at 14, I was reading books about um, – like not the Kama Sutra, but Kama Sutra esque type books, like about you know those type of things and like how to. I, I know this is weird, but that how that's what I was. Your, how to how, please your partner? Yes, I know that's weird, but I was reading that stuff right because I didn't want to suck the first time I was gonna. Have well, sex. yeah, I did the exact same thing. I was like, all right, I'm gonna have sex. Need to study up. Yeah, <laughs> let's figure it out. Research. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to be trying to figure out a Rubik's Cube and just like, can you be patient with me? This is going to take two hours for me to figure out how this works. <laughs> and so I would read that stuff. And, uh, and at some point I'm like, oh, I should figure out if I'm gay or not. I know that sounds so weird. But and I should have known already. Like I'd been in sports, I'd been around a bunch of guys, never got turned on. But I was yeah. like, oh, maybe I got to see a real man with a real dick. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So I put on a, I put on like a gay porn when I'm like 14 years old, and these guys are. I just kind of forward it into the middle of the video, and these guys are just fucking banging like hard. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not my thing. No, nope. thank you. <laughs> I've learned something today. Not my thing. It was kind of like almost like they were like both like uh, uh, Spartans, I think. It was like 300 almost. But just <laughs> butt fucking. <laughs> but uh, anyway, enough with that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now let's explore this. <laughs> uh, Dust Till Dawn is about a couple of brothers that robbed a bank. Are uh, trying to get away from the cops. Later on, we find out the FBI because they killed a bunch of people on the way. And uh, basically, they're just trying to get to Mexico. There's your story. And they're just trying to get to Mexico to meet up with the guy who's going to hook them up with a nice safe haven to find, to be able to get away from authorities and start all over and have all their money. They just got to sacrifice a little percentage to get there. That's what I love about this movie. It is that simple to explain. <laughs> that, like, yeah. That's it. And yeah. then there's just a bunch of cool shit that happens in between, pretty much. That's what's one of the things I love about this movie is it doesn't stop. It goes and goes and goes. There'll be like five minutes of introspection and character building, but then shit starts to happen again. Yep. Yeah. I um yeah, really the only time the movie feels like it um takes a little bit of a moment is when it goes into the uh, the news report stuff, which I loved. I love the news report section where we introduce we we get introduced uh, to the FBI, mm -hmm. and um, do you see do you see who that FBI agent was? Yeah, we see good old John, John Saxon. John Saxon, yeah. who by the way, how that guy still looked really good, and I'm pretty yeah. sure he was like I don't know if he was a smoker, or a drinker, maybe a drinker, I don't know, but he looked I don't great. Know. Didn't really affect him too much physically. The guy looks almost the same. <laughs> From when he was in Enter the Dragon. Like, what the fuck was he doing? Like, I don't know. He just had that, you know, good he genes. looked rugged from when he was born. And so when he got older, <laughs> you know, it didn't really change much. <laughs> he just came out with like a leather face and a stern look. <laughs> yeah. 
give me some milk, mama. Yeah, like he just has that look about him. But uh, yeah, this movie is one of those. It gets going right away. We don't waste time. Like, I like the fact that it it's in the middle of something that's already happened. We don't mm-hmm. see them ever rob the bank. We just kind of understand at this point. We've all seen those movies. We understand how a heist works, so you can just sort of put it together. Um, I like the setting of it being in Texas. Um, yeah, just sh- it's a very uh, dusty, hot movie. It is. It, it's very sweaty. It's a very, <laughs> it's yeah. very sweaty, hot, sticky uh, movie. But and and the the makeup effects. Did you recognize some of those names that did the makeup effects? Oh yeah, we get a lot. I mean, honestly, we get some of the legends in this movie. And oh even yeah, some like acting in it. Uh, we get Greg Nicotero who's just doing like a fucking quick little, I guess because he was really cool with Tom Savini. I don't even know how we got into the movie, but I didn't, I would have not, I didn't know that was him until now because yeah. I know him now. I would have mm-hmm. never recognized, I would have been like, oh, that's just like an eighties guy that listens to a lot of, uh, thrash metal. <laughs> <laughs> Cause he has the long hair. <laughs> yeah. He looks awesome. Like he just looks like a guy that hangs out, you know, outside CBGBs and just like, and also Robert Kurtzman. Yep. a long-time collaborator with him. Yeah, and he came out with a story, I believe, uh, of this, and um, Tarantino actually scripted it for, like, did you see how much he got paid? It was, like, like a thousand, like, fifteen hundred or something to script it or no. some shit like that. Yeah, I, I was looking it up because I was, I don't know, I didn't know a lot about this movie, and I found this out of, out of all places. I think it was, like, the VH1 website. No. <laughs> <laughs> and they had, like, cool little facts about like from dust till dawn this is a few days ago and that was one thing i remembered was that quinn tarantino got paid like fifteen hundred dollars to write Damn. the script like wow like i guess he just loves writing he's like yeah that's enough yeah, it's not a big deal yeah i feel like eddie would never forgive me if i didn't mention this that the script was floated around as the tales from the crypt vampire movie that's right before there was bordello of blood there was from dusk till dawn yeah. What a different universe that would have been. <laughs> that would have been interesting. I, I'm glad they were able to make it a full feature film. I think it gave them way more wiggle room to add a couple of extra elements to it. Um, might be the reason why the movie does feel like two movies. Because I think I feel like if it was in Bordello of Blood, we would have just kind of rushed through that first half of the movie to yeah. get over. I feel like the uh, the first half is very Tarantino-esque because it's a crime movie, you yep. know? It's about these two guys on the run, on the lamb. Yeah, way more and dialogue, then, too. Uh-huh. And then the, the second half would be more Robert Rodriguez because it's more, much more action and explosions and blood flying everywhere. Much more planet terror than death yes. proof. Yeah, you realize, um, and I think that's what I like about Robert Rodriguez, is he's able to take a space and make it, he makes it look like a normal place. Like, a like you know, this the titty twister basically looks like any big bar you would ever go to, mm-hmm. but he's able to utilize all the different parts of the space to make action scenes look fucking dope as shit. He did a great job with that in Desperado. I mean, where they were just in a bunch of bars, but they made those fucking action scenes seem so dope. And, uh, he does the very, does the exact same thing in dust till dawn from dust till dawn. And yeah, I, I I really like both parts of it. I think them working and collaborating together, uh, it's perfect. It's like a match made yeah, in heaven. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and Robert Rodriguez, I always mention this, he is everyone's favorite director that they don't realize he made that movie. 
because he it, yeah. in a lot of ways you don't see robert rodriguez as being uh you don't see his distinct style because yeah. he's done so many different things he always experiments with his style with whatever new thing comes out like he did sin city you know yeah like that's crazy. like he did spy kids <laughs> Spy Kids is maybe the most, like, what the fuck. And the fact that he was still able to work in Danny Trejo in Spy Kids is even yep. more amazing. I've never even seen those movies. They they were out, like, I think I was working at the theater when, like, maybe the sequel came out. Because didn't it have um, the Vato that plays a werewolf in Twilight? What's that guy's name? The, Taylor is... Lautner. No, that's Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think they came out around the same time. Yeah, I okay, get now confused I, too. I can see why high drunk Daniel as like a 20-something <laughs> year old would get that confused. Uh, but yes. <laughs> God damn it. Is Danny Trejo not in that movie either? Uh, maybe he's not. But uh, I know I he's know. in Spy Kids. And uh, I've never seen any. Of, have you seen any of the Spy Kids movies? No, no. I it no. was much too old by the time they came out. Well, technically, Candace, we can cover it if Danny Thurhill's in there because he's going to have a fucking mustache. Uh, so uh, if you ever want to cover a Spy Kids movie, uh, let's let's cover you it. You know what? I'm good. I got to <laughs> I got to stay on brand. It's got to be horror movies. Oh, man. Damn it. OK, cool. I, I'm pretty sure I wasn't going to like it anyway. Uh, <laughs> the, by the way, just the fact that, you know. Like you said, both both parts, the beginning part feels very Quint, uh, Quint, uh, Quentin Carantino. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Carantino. Quentin Carantino. <laughs> and, and you're right. It opens up. We see like this big old 70s vehicle. It's like a 70s giant car that does shouldn't even be driven anymore. And we get a damn good Michael Parks, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, playing the appearance. same character that he does in Kill Bill Volume Two. Exactly. Earl McGraw. I man, that dude is—he's awesome. I love him in oh. Death Wish Five. <laughs> I love him in Red State. Have you ever seen that? Yes, he is oh, very good in Red yeah. State. Very good in Red. Th this guy, I don't know if I don't know if he's just always been a selective person of like who he works with or what I don't understand how he wasn't even bigger uh in the 90s because he is awesome like he can mm -hmm. either chew up scenery or like he does in this movie he just really creates an atmosphere that you are automatically kind of sucked into the film into the yeah. world that this movie is going to take place in yeah he's not like raising his voice oh. or doing anything bombastic but you're hanging on to his every word hell yeah he as he's talking about potato heads He's talking about potato heads. He talks about a uh, what I'm assuming is a special needs kid that works at the yes. local restaurant. <laughs> at some point, I think he says something like, the mom should have got rid of that kid and sold her milk, <laughs> which is one of the hardest insults. I Like, that is a your mama joke if you, if you kind of work it the right way. Like, your mom should have fucking got rid of your ass and sold her milk. <laughs> Would have been more beneficial for the family. Uh, and he plays a Texas Ranger, Earl McGraw, uh, which is a perfect name for that kind of character. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, we're right away. It seems fine. He goes to the restroom, and then that's when we're introduced to Seth and Richie. And Gecko. Seth and Richie Gecko. Gecko, which uh, kind of sounds like – it sounds like gangster guys or uh, some kind of mob-oriented people. Gecko. Is there anyone famous with that name, Gecko? Uh, not that I know of. The only thing I can think of is Geico commercials. Yeah. Can't really be scared of someone who's named after a harmless lizard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I guess that's why they have to act, act extra tough. <laughs> yeah, that's why they got to have the tattoos of those those sweet tats yeah. <laughs> that uh, George Clooney's character has. He has those like tribal flames going oh. up his arm into his neck. <laughs> For anyone that happened to get that kind of tattoo in the nineties, I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. Yes. <laughs> They are just stuck on your face. Like you literally have a fucking a time, a time capsule on your fucking skin because that is just the fucking cringiest shit I've ever seen. Or in my like life. a Celtic cross on your shin oh. or something. <laughs> yeah, that is rough. Uh, and they come in, and it turns out that they're they basically told the the liquor store cashier guy. You need to pretend like everything's normal. They'd already been in the fucking store, and they have two chicks hostage. And this whole back and forth is amazing. I love the fact that the cashier says something like, oh, I could have won a fucking Oscar with that performance. Like, I was acting as natural <laughs> as possible. Like, what the fuck do you want from me? And uh, Richie, who's played by Tarantino, is paranoid as shit. I love the whole thing. Like, it's just those little things. Of, I don't know whose idea that was, but him, like, whispering into Seth's ear. Oh, yeah. Instead of uh, saying, he was talking shit. Yeah. Instead, he like leans over and he's like, <laughs> "It's so perfect. It's just they never they never use that again, where he does that other than in this beginning part. But it's just such a great way to introduce that the fact that Richie's going to be the creepy guy in this movie because that yeah. is a very creepy thing to do. <laughs> yeah, he's just staring at you with his lizard gecko eyes. And then he's quietly whispering <laughs> in someone's ear, and then the guy puts a gun in your face. <laughs> Man, after this, I'm going to play Gex. You remember that game, Gex? <laughs> yeah, Gex. Yeah. <laughs> Secret agent Gex. <laughs> oh, my God. Who is uh, actually voiced by Dana Gold? Very famous uh, I do that, comedian. Yeah. yeah, I love that guy. Anyway, I hope you all like those uh, those little tidbits that we bring to the podcast. <laughs> you know? <laughs> are people still listening 22 minutes in? They are. They definitely are. They can't get enough of this stuff. I know. I'm still listening. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and so things unfold. It sucks at McGraw. Just, he comes out. To, he, all he did was to go leak the lizard. He comes out, gets fucking capped. Because uh, apparently Richie thinks that the cashier said help me under his breath or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one thing I'll take from this scene is it's really fucking cool how – the cashier's on fire, and he still, like, gets back up after a, a gunfight <laughs> yeah. and still shoots at him. Like, that is the dopest shit. He shoots through Richie's shoots hand. Him. Yeah, right. shoots right through his hand. Bullseye. Oh, God. That... Looks like he got crucified. It's fucking crazy. And I love the fact that when they get back in the car, Richie's, like, looking through his own handhole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good shot. I was like, I wonder, because it, it looks really good. Yeah. It doesn't look like uh, they CG'd or you know, a hole through his hand and then put another image on the other side. It looks like I'm guessing he's raising up up a dummy hand. That's what I'm with thinking. With like a too. hole in it. And they just perfectly color matched him. Like mm-hmm. you, you can't even tell. The skin, all the textures, it's it's amazing. And the, but they had really awesome special th- that's probably what honestly keeps this movie looking good still is the fact they did not really use a lot of CGI. There's some, There's but some. I think it's forgivable. Yeah, they did not use a lot. They used some, I think, with the bats, you know. And the melting scenes. Melting scenes. But, yeah, it's all pretty, you know, it's more noticeable now because we're watching it in 4K or whatever. Like, we're watching, yeah. like, if, when you pop this into your VHS and you put it in your CRT TV, this shit look fucking gold. When you were, like, 10 years old. <laughs> yeah, you're 10 years old. You're just, like, forwarding to the Salma Hayek scene. You're already fucking hard just thinking about it. <laughs> 
they're like, Daniel, why is this always in this one spot when I pop the tape in? <laughs> I'm not kidding. My dad noticed that with Desperado. It was like always <laughs> in the sex scene with him, with her and fucking uh, Antonio Banderas. Every time. Uh, yeah. I there was It was hard to find porn back then, y'all. We didn't have the access to just be able to put it into a phone or it's a computer. A, it's all right. I, I did the same thing with Basic Instinct. You always knew exactly where that shit was going to be if you popped that tape in. Hell yeah, man! We all had to, we all had to have those movies and the magic of VHS, by the way, which I miss with like, I don't know about you, but I, I have Laserdisc and I have VHS. What I love about those is you can fucking forward to the exact frame or rewind to the exact frame you want to be on. And whenever I'm trying to rewind a Blu-ray, it just fucking goes berserko. And I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like 10 minutes. like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, those things are such a... My husband has it down to a science. He's like 10 seconds in, 15 seconds in. Like, he knows exactly how <laughs> to do it on the Roku. He's got the and fucking I'm like, rhythm. I'm accidentally skipping scenes. He's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry. I know. I, I feel your pain because I, I am not good at it. I'm always fucking missing my, my mark. But uh, they take off. They're on the road. They go to a hotel. It's I, a playing that great music. Great fucking it's a music. Long night. Do, 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 do. <laughs> they pretty much stick to like Texas. Uh, well, not just Texas, but like a kind of a southern blues rock soundtrack for most of this mm-hmm. first part of the movie. I think they got a little Stevie Ray Vaughan, um, a little bit of ZZ Top flows through. Um, super good it, shit. Yeah, it just saturates it with just character of. Not not design, but character of set. Oh, yeah. You know, like you just feel like you're saturated in Texas heat and, and dust I, and when I you're also, watching it. And I honestly think a lot of this is very Robert Rodriguez influence. Yeah, I think so, too. Cause, a lot, I mean, Desperado has it. Yeah, Desperado, El Mariachi, the opening scene is just like a dusty old fucking truck in the middle of nowhere. That's just – it's just one of those – he he understands like the feeling that that makes you feel, and I I didn't honestly, you know, me being in Texas, I didn't get to experience a lot of that aspect of Texas because I'm from the inner city of a what the seventh yeah. largest city in the fucking nation. So I didn't really. I'm pretty much have always been surrounded by concrete, but yeah. um, I eventually did get a job doing what I do for a living, and it was out in Hondo, which is a town about. Yeah, about a forty-five minutes to an hour uh, from San Antonio, uh, west, going west, and w- it was an electric company that had a bunch of other uh, had a bunch of other offices throughout Texas in very fucking like remote areas, mm. and that is where I got that feel. Like holy shit, I would be like, we would go to the office, and we would have to go, and I I was a photographer. And I would have to go and take photos of different, like if there was a tornado that went through some small town, I'd have to go through and get photographs, and we would we would post that stuff on social, and it would like blow up because people were like, "Holy shit!" Like, look at all this. And I would take photos of like the linemen uh, working on the lines and stuff. And um, yeah, I've never felt so desolate. I'm like, man, like nobody would hear me out here. Like, I'm, just, I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. And of course, everyone would stare at me because I'm like the only person in a suit and the only person driving a car instead of a yeah. truck. Yeah. <laughs> they would be like, they used to just call me City. You'd be like, hey, City, <laughs> where the fuck you going to, City? I was like, oh, shit. And I remember one time, uh, just real quick pivot is I go with uh, one of the guys that I was working with. He was like the 
uh, I think he was like the energy savings person. So he would go to different homes and help kind of let them know where they can weatherize and stuff like that. So we're in his truck and he and we stop at like a little gas station and he's like, hey, you want to get some snacks and stuff like for the road? Because we were going to be on the road for about two and a half hours. I go, yeah, yeah, sounds good. So we both leave the truck and we go into the store and we're coming back and he's trying to open the door and he goes, city, did you lock your door? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, we don't lock doors in the country, city. Like, <laughs> I left the keys in the truck. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So oh, he had the shit. keys in the truck and I locked it automatically. I was like, dude, you got to understand, man. This is a force of habit, dude. I can't. Like, yeah. I've had three cars broken into living in San Antonio. So, like, I am paranoid as shit, bro. But he was so mad at me. Luckily, they had an extra pair. But he he just thought that was the funniest shit. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a real country mouse, city mouse situation. <laughs> yeah, it is. It was like the odd couple, me and that guy. Jesus Christ. That could have been a show. People would have been laughing their asses off. We could have not have been two different, completely different people. Um, but it made for a fun interaction. We got to like each other after a while. Even though the first thing he ever told me was, are you an Obama lover? But other than that, I mean, we always... <laughs> Did you say, no, sir? <laughs> I said, I mean, I don't love the guy, but he is my president. <laughs> there you go. That's a good answer. Yeah, you know, I was trying to be as neutral as I could at the time because I was highly outnumbered. Uh, so uh, anyway, need, needless to say, y'all was only there for about eight months. I, I was, it was a tough, uh, tough, tough environment for me personally. I was like, you know what? I got to go back to the city where obviously I belong. <laughs> Uh, I like the little zoom in. This is when we because we do hear um, in the original interaction with the, the, the ranger that they do have a hostage from the bank. And they, they kind of show like a little transparent hole yeah. into the trunk. And we see this lady <laughs> like a fucking middle aged lady. I don't know why when I think banked, I, I think it's just because honestly, I go to the bank and there's always a lot of you know, younger women that are bank tellers for some reason. And I don't know why. I mean, there are guys I've seen guys, but for some reason they're always younger. I did not imagine like a, you know, 48 year old woman to be yeah, trapped. Probably because probably because a bank teller is an entry level position. Yeah. So there that's you go. usually where the young people are. Thanks for backing me up there. Sounds <laughs> like a complete perv. Um, and so then they head to a hotel and I do like the interaction where, <laughs> where Richie, not Richie, Seth, is banging on the fucking bell, which I've always wanted to oh, do. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> I've always wanted to just grab the bell and just fucking slam it on the counter after this movie because it's just hilarious. <laughs> and this, and What the hell do you want? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I want, you mean old bastard? I want a fucking room. He's like, oh, oh. okay, okay. He's like, oh, damn. <laughs> I didn't expect you to come at me like that, son. <laughs> Holy shit. That's the way you like talk I to Like I said, I can quote this movie. <laughs> It's so good. Like, those little scenes make such a difference. Because you're right. Like, this movie is sur- – because you had mentioned this uh, at some point that this this movie is surprisingly hilarious through a lot of parts of it. It is. It's just kind of perfectly woven in to where you never feel like it's supposed to be a comedy. But it it just has a it, – because it's not like at the fucking – like um, a fucking – what is it called? Shaun of the Dead level of like – Yeah, it's not a horror comedy. It's not even no. a comedy horror it's just a, the uh, well, my words fail me. It is just a horror movie that has comedy woven into the dialogue. Yeah, and a lot of times dark comedy. 
Like yeah, it, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, none of it is written and to not PC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of it is just gritty, dark comedy that it's just good shit. It's just it blends it perfectly is. with the environment and the vibe of the whole movie. So they get into their hotel room. Uh, you know, fucking Seth tells the teller, you know, basically don't fucking run or you're dead. Yeah. If you have, if you try to run, Mister Forty Five has five little friends, and they can all run faster than you. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, <laughs> I've seen this movie a lot. Uh, Man, I used to be like a little kid and I'd be walking around and saying that. And people were like, what the fuck? Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're like my little cousin. I remember my little cousin, Michael. And he was like nine years old and he comes up to me. He's like, he's like, Daniel. And I was like, what's up, man? I finally figured out what I want to be when I grow up. I was like, oh, cool, cool. What are you going to be? He goes, I want to be an assassin. <laughs> All right, little Michael. Uh, I've got to go. <laughs> creeper god damn it oh anyway uh don't know where he got that from by the way i didn't bother asking him i was kind of hoping he would just forget that he wanted to be an assassin as a little kid he's not an assassin by the way uh he is now a grown man and he has kids i think he's like a phlebotomist or something i'm not sure what the fuck it does yeah that's his cover yeah that's (laughs) he's like it's that's how that's how we can get close to people with needles exactly nobody questions it still involves a sight of blood (laughs) he loves it gets to hurt people uh, and so, <laughs> so then we, this is when we find out that basically Seth and Richie are supposed to rendezvous with a guy named Carlos and they got to give them 30% of their loot, uh, in order to find sanctuary in a place called El Rey, which, uh, by the way, uh, you might have this, but apparently is a hideout, which was pulled from, um, the getaway. It's a 1958 crime novel, which I haven't read before. I don't know if you're much more a reader than I am, but. No, Mm-mm. I kind of want to read it now, but apparently uh, that is uh, where they took the sanctuary. There's a sanctuary in that book called El Rey, so they pulled that from that novel. Uh, yeah, my uh, my knowledge of this film is I watched the making of. There's like a documentary they made for this, which covered this and also a writer's strike that was happening at the same time. No shit. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I, that might, I wonder if that plays into the fact that Tarantino didn't get a lot of money for this. It was just under the table shit. Oh, might have been. You know what? That's a good point. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so then Seth leaves, and he takes off. This is when I put in my notes that I just don't find him scary because he's, like, threatening the fuck out of this bank teller, and I'm just like, yeah. you're just you're a fucking little pretty boy. Fuck you and your Caesar yeah, he's, haircut. Yeah, he's too pretty. Yeah, Yeah, because he was still – he was just – he was. He may have still been in ER. I'm not sure. I think he was because he has that Caesar haircut that he was famous for having when he was in ER. Yeah, and apparently he met Tarantino because Tarantino directed an episode of ER. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Tarantino directed an episode of ER. He meets George Clooney, and that's why he agreed to be in the movie, which is fucking bonkers. <laughs> I'm just imagining an episode of ER where they drop F-bombs and the n-word constantly yeah like a fucking lady's <laughs> got to get like both her feet amputated and then george clooney fucks oh them. no <laughs> <laughs> the only we have to suck out the venom in her toes <laughs> it's the only oh way she'll God. live <laughs> she got bit by a rattlesnake on her big toe you're gonna have to suck it george clooney <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's so fucking funny so then uh after this we run into harvey Keitel, who i love by the way um we get to see basically we get to see a New Yorker try to be a Southern person, which is always funny. This is probably the most subdued role I've ever seen Hyvie Cartel be in. He is super chill. Honestly, I always he, forget he's in this movie. Yeah, 
He's kind of unrecognizable. He's got, like, he's wearing that hat, that, like, sun hat all the time. And he's got, like, the beard. Yeah. He just kind of looks grandpa-ish and is very, like you said, he's very subdued. He, honestly, he did such a good job of being, like, a kind of pastor person or a a minister that... I could go into my neighborhood right now in Missouri and find someone exactly like him. Yeah. And he does do a way better southern accent than Tim Yobo. Uh, I'll give you that. Because <laughs> that's a little Shoe bit. Shoe flap <laughs> Jesus Christ. When he tries to do a southern accent, I'm like, what are you, from the Civil War? <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Jesus Christ. My darling Agatha. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like, are you trying to do a, an act, like, uh, Aunt Jemima's accent? Like, what are you doing, man? Like, th- this can't be right. <laughs> this is offensive. This is offensive, Tim Yobo. Uh, God, I just love that he's probably listening to this right now, and he's just getting mad. It's so funny. Uh, he's probably saying, those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? He's happy we mentioned his name. That That is what That's he's true. Yeah, he's Lord Yobo now, so he's super into his, uh, into his legacy now in podcasting. Building his cult of personality. Jeez, imagine him being a cult leader one day. Oof. Oh, I'd believe it. The cult of Yobo. <laughs> How does that end? How do you think they all kill each other in his in his cult? Uh, uh, they'd probably take bad acid <laughs> and accidentally kill themselves. <laughs> it was just real acid. <laughs> just fucking drank, yeah. <laughs> just drank acid. Uh, and we find out that... Uh, uh, Harvey Keitel's character's name is Jacob. His wife dies, or she had recently passed away, and that has caused him to question his faith. So he decided to stop being a pastor, even though he still believes in Jesus and God. He does not lo- no longer love them, as he says. That was really interesting. Uh, yeah, I really like that. He doesn't. He doesn't feel comfortable teaching other people or guiding other people in their faith when he's having a crisis of faith himself, which I can respect that. Yeah. I think it's actually he's like, I feel like a hypocrite. Yeah. It's pretty altruistic. It's like, you know, even, even, even if you have a huge congregation, if you're not true to yourself, that is the literal opposite of what you're trying to do, you know, as a minister. Yeah. So I think, it, but tell me this, where are they going? Are they just trying to like go on? Are they just going on a family vacation? Yeah, I think they're just going on a family vacation to get okay. away from things. Because he, they, I think he like bought that RV and had these grand plans of, you know, going on a little adventure. Yeah, going on an adventure with the family and roughing it, and it's gonna be a family building exercise. And yeah, they kind of hint at that, but they never come right out and say what they're doing. Yeah, they're just kind of we meet them in the little cafe area. Which, by the way, I have not been in a good like diner. I'm a big diner guy. I love me a good just kind of in the middle of fucking nowhere type diner that looks like it's been there since like 1948 or whatever. Mm. Like they wouldn't have even let me in in 1948. Like that's how long. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the front door anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they would have they let me wash dishes. <laughs> but I mean, hell, they probably let me wash dishes now. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. God, I went to North Carolina over the summer and I stopped at a Waffle House, which I was bummed out about because I fucking hate Waffle House. <laughs> Oh, you do? Okay. Because they're shitty. I mean, I like diners, but Waffle Houses. That's kind of down there. Yeah, it's a, it is. Yeah. yeah, it's the... Uh... Sure enough, I saw like a giant shiny brown Betty roach crawling around on the floor. I was like, yep, that's Waffle House for you. <laughs> Wait, is that what? Is that what that movie from... Uh, not that movie. Is that what that song from... What's that name of that band? Ram... Jam band. Oh, Ram Jam. Yeah, Ram Jam. Oh, Black Betty. Ram Ram. Oh, Black Betty. <laughs> I love that song. Uh, <laughs> anyway. 
anyway, so so I didn't know that's what they were called. Though I didn't. Know. That's what those those giant roaches are called, brown bitties. Yeah. Shit. Ooh, who would have thought? I just always figured just another roach. But they're all different. There are different types of roaches. I should get to know them a little bit better. That w- get to know your roaches. Get to know your roaches on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> If you ever had to, okay, so what would you rather do? Would you rather eat a roach or would you rather eat a rat? I'd rather eat a rat. I'll tell you what, because I, uh, like, you know, for my first eight years of my life, I lived in Miami. Yeah. So there's a lot of roaches there and we were, we were poor. So we lived in a roach infested place. And I remember waking up and just being covered in roaches. So like, I, I just, even just seeing a picture of a roach and they're like scraggly legs and antennae and oh god i hate them so much there is something it's weird the hate and love relationship i have for the roach i admire their survival skills i admire their their physical skills in general like i've uh growing up in the other city just similar to you tons of roaches and i've killed honestly maybe hundreds at this point in my life and it's amazing. I've had hunts with a like a roach in a house in the house for like two hours. Like we're just playing cat and mouse. Like I'm just Ugh. I'm tracking you down, motherfucker. Like you're not gonna get away. And like they'll get into the tiniest crevices, and I will like I will fi- I will wait for you to come out again. <laughs> I'll turn the light out. You're sitting there with a gun, yeah, <laughs> smoking a cigarette. <laughs> I no joke have been drunk sitting in the bathroom, and I turn the light out for like twenty minutes, and I just sit still. And then I just turn the light back on. And for some reason that, like, I think when the lights are off, they know or something. I don't know what the fuck. But I don't even know what their vision's like. But they tend to come out so that they'll, I'll turn the light on and I see it and it's out in the open. And I'll just fucking kill it. Like, I'll just wait for it. Ugh. Yeah. Like, I love killing roaches. It's, like, one of my favorite things. As soon as <laughs> I moved back into my old childhood home, you know, here in the south side where there's roaches fucking everywhere, that's the first thing I did. Was just fucking spray the shit out of the entire house. Like, I grew up with so many roaches around me. I'm like, I do not want to. So now when I see them, I rarely see them alive now. Like, if there's one that gets in the house, it's fucking, it's belly up. It's fucking dead. Yeah. Uh, boy, we talked about roaches for a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we both have a traumatic history. We have a history with, with them, yeah. And, and I, have said, I have had experiences with, with, with mice. I've not had a lot of experiences with rats, and I have a feeling if I'd had, like, Yobo, probably more comfortable with rats than roaches. Like, that guy. Was... Oh, shit. Yeah. No kidding. I went to New York City when I was in college, and uh, we, we were waiting for the subway to show up, and I'm just looking down, you know, the tunnel and stuff, and the fucking size of those rats. Oof. I mean, they were like dachshunds yeah. running around or turned the tracks. I could not believe how huge they were. And I'm leaning forward. I'm like, would you look at that shit? My friend, like, grabs the back of my shirt and yanks me back. She's like, don't lean over in front of the train like that. <laughs> you always have to have Oops. that friend that sort of lets you know, like, we're not in a magic cartoon world, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like the safety first person. You, you, you I was so have... mesmerized by those gigantic rats oh, that they God. have in New York. <laughs> It's terrifying. They're as big as possums. Like, it's insane. Um, yeah, oh, oh, fuck. I, I, there's, there's always been this story uh, when my parents first moved into this exact house here. There was some furniture that was already still in the house. Um, I'm not sure why it was here, but I guess whoever sold the house just left some furniture in here. And yeah, it happens sometimes. Yeah, it does. 
and they decided they were going to keep the dresser. So my dad goes to the back of the house, and he's cleaning out the dresser. <clears throat> he takes out, like, the third drawer from the top, pulls it out, and it's a big fucking rat with her little rat babies. Oh, with her pinkies. Yes. And Ooh. that fucking rat was, like, obviously incredibly protective. So then my dad says, get me the broom. So he t- he takes off the, the – he kind of spins off the brush part of the broom. So it's just a little – it's just the stick basically. And he says, close the door and don't open it, he tells my mom. They're, they don't have kids yet at this point. So this is probably like 72 or something. Oh, I thought maybe like you were a little kid watching your dad get ready to spear these babies. <laughs> no, no. I was not – none of us were here yet, not even my older brother. And so my mom said, if you could only hear the noise in the room while your dad was fighting this rat. Oh, God. He was cussing, and there was banging, and he was stabbing at it, and he fucking bear just killed it with a fucking blunt end of a broom. Killed it. Killed and uh, killed all the babies. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I mean, kind of, they probably would have died anyway. Yeah, they didn't have their mom It's probably... It was probably the nicer thing to do was just kill them then. Yes. And I'm like, how the f- – I'm sorry. Like, I will kill a mouse. A fucking big rat coming at me that could be rabid, I'm just going to close the door and, like <laughs> – Then burn the house down. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, burn the house down. We'll rebuild. <laughs> we can rebuild. <laughs> yeah. You know, they just didn't the, – men were built different in the 70s, I think. Uh, they're just a different kind of breed. And I think there's still some guys like that out there. And I will kill a lot of stuff, but a grown-ass fucking giant rat that's the size of a dachshund, like you said, fuck that. Like, I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, my husband's arachnophobic, so anytime there's spiders in the house, I have to take care of them. <laughs> I have a best friend that's the same way. He is one of the scariest – like, he is – he. I mean, this guy has seen and done some crazy shit. He was in uh, some local gangs here in the city. And when he sees a spider, it is like a small child. Like he becomes a small (laughs) child. I never, I I used to always not believe him because he would always say it. And I'd never actually seen him be around a spider. And I was like, oh, whatever, bro. Like he's like the craziest out of all of us. And one time a spider was around us and he became like, he just shrunk. I just never seen that before. Yeah, that shit is real. Holy shit! Yeah, I don't... it was a giant. It was a giant wolf spider too. Oh, quite recently. Yeah, I mean they, they don't hurt you. You can pick them up, and as long as you don't squeeze them, they don't bite. Yeah, yeah. So they're you know I'm pretty cool with spiders, but yeah, he was <laughs> he was like running to the other side of the house and to like gather it and take it outside and stuff. Because I'm not kidding, like Candace, I thought that was just a made up word for the movie with the fucking guy from Dumb and Dumber. Like I, I didn't think that was a. I didn't think that was an actual disorder. Like, I didn't know that was a real phobia uh, at the time because yeah. I was, like, in high school. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I thought that was just made up for the movie. I didn't think people were actually that terrified of spiders. I'm like, nope, that's a real thing. Um, anyway, boy, we really pivoted from Speaking this. of movies. <laughs> uh, so we'll get back to Dust Till Dawn from Dust Till Dawn. I always forget to add the, the from. Uh, so from here, from the pasture part, we get the news report part, which is honestly one of my favorites because it made me l- remember how much I love the reporter parts in RoboCop. 
yeah. I love because you can see her talking about all these people dying. They have a fucking death counter, like as if they're yeah. keeping score at a fucking NBA Finals game. And she's so like, is... one Texas Ranger, yes. one civilian <laughs> hit by a car on the escape. <laughs> and she's almost smiling, the reporter, because she knows, yeah. hey, everyone's watching. This is great for my career. If it bleeds, it leads. And it it's a dark it's a dark uh, 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 sense of humor there, but it's also so true. Like that is exactly how media works. And I like the fact that they didn't shy away from that. And from there. Oh, also, by the way, they show the liquor store cashier guy. And he's like holding a fish. <laughs> like they're like, <laughs> yeah. and he died. And he's just like, Hey, yeah. so good. That guy's been in a bunch of shit too. Uh, I just don't know his name, but he has, he is like a character actor mm-hmm. and he's been a bunch of stuff. And then that's when we get our first look at FBI agent Stanley Chase, played by John Saxon. Um, Seth arrives, and he sees that his brother's a fucking crazy person. I, I, I'm figuring he must have known his brother was already no, a serial rapist. Because it, it said, like, in the, uh, yeah, in the it report. said in the news broadcast that he was a convicted sex offender or something yeah. like that. Yep. And uh, I guess he was hoping with the importance of the situation that they were in that his brother Richie would be able to just turn down his fucking uh, sick desires but he was not able to because we earlier had gotten a scene where he had the bank teller sit next to him and take her shoes off of course because he's got to look at her feet and uh, watch some watch some. TV. <laughs> but he's wearing shoes in bed and I was like god damn it just, you know he's a creep exactly and I like the way they did this where you see Seth is looking at the room in the hotel room and you see these quick little freeze frames of like just bloody. Yeah, you never get a really good look. No. You kind of see it in the background and you see the flashes, but you never get like an up close look at what happened. You just see blood everywhere. And this is a very ch- honestly, you think back about you think back at this. The 90s from the early 90s, like through most of the 90s, actually. It was a really fucking tough time to make anything mainstream that was going to be bloody or gory or super violent. It was very difficult. Like, you know, even if you go into video games, like the Super Nintendo Mortal Kombat was busting out green blood. And guess what the fucking yeah. vampires have in this movie? Green blood. Because they were trying to get this uh, out of not getting an NC-17 rating and trying to keep this rated R. Um, if they had had used a bunch of fucking red blood throughout this whole movie, it would have been gushing everywhere, and they probably wouldn't have been able to get it into theaters uh, yeah. with a rated R rating. So it's kind of crazy how they were able to kind of uh, wiggle their way past that by, you know, <laughs> even this, you know, rape, murder, kill scene here. They were able to kind of make it still creepy. Honestly, one of the scarier parts of the movie, <laughs> to be honest. Like, all yeah. the. Because it's quiet. Yeah, it's quiet. There's just this tone in the background. Yes, and it's so real. It's a realist thing uh, because it's the one thing that can actually happen uh, uh, in real life, unlike a a vampire that looks like a fucking demon goblin uh, coming at you. And uh, so he gets mad at his brother. Seth, you know, gets gives uh, Richie a bunch of shit for being a fucking crazy person. Uh, Then after that, It, uh, it makes me wonder if all the people that died. Was because of Seth. Oh, I come, I a hundred percent because, well, I don't know because. Well, wait. What do you think is because of Seth? I'm not Seth. I'm sorry, Richie. Okay, cool. Because that, that that's yeah, what I was sorry. thinking. Because like Seth even because <laughs> Seth's like he Seth's like this anybody. is not me. Yeah. He's like I will kill people if I have to. 
He's like, but I don't go out of my way to kill people, and I definitely don't rape them. Yep. I think his. I think it was Richie that was killing innocent people at the bank. You know, killing the the fucking rangers. Um, yeah, I totally think he had way more. I think maybe the one person that was killed that was probably Seth was uh, the civilian because they say a civilian was killed on their way out of getting away from the bank, and probably Seth was driving. He seems like he's yeah. the driver, so that was probably the one bystander that he probably killed um but yeah it really does seem like richie is doing most of the damage here uh he's the reason the fbi is after him because he was probably fucking going ape shit on a bunch of freaking cops so then uh they eventually run into jacob and his family i love the scene where they they run into seth and seth kind of looks like a mixture of drunk and horny while he's staring at the rv i don't know it's yeah. weird because you know he's sizing them up like well we need a new hostage yeah he's like that guy looks about yeah 50 something years old i could easily intimidate him two kids yeah and uh honestly that's the way it works uh if if you're a criminal plus they have an rv and he's trying to get across the border perfect i mean honestly it's like jacob because he wants to fucking sleep in a bed for some reason even though he has an rv yeah kind of fucks (laughs) over his entire family uh yep by uh wanting to go to a shitty hotel and from there, uh, Tar- uh, Tarantino's character, Richie, comes through, and he comes up with some bullshit excuse why he wants to come in. And uh, Seth comes in. They hold him hostage. And there's a bunch of back and forth here and there. At some point, we uh, – I think her name's Kate, the daughter of Jacob. Mm-hmm. She comes through, and she's in the bathing Juliet suit. Juliet Lewis. Juli- yeah. The whole reason she got this role, is because, this role is because Tarantino had seen Natural Born Killers. And he really liked oh, her in that. No so shit. he put her in this movie. Yep. She's not bad in this movie. Um, she's kind of, to me, one of those... Um, I don't want to say one note, but like three notes kind of actor, actress. Uh, there's not a... like She's really good at what she does, in my opinion. Yeah, and when I watched the making of this movie, they interviewed her and they were like, how did you prepare for the role? What are your acting insights? And she goes, I just lie. <laughs> she's like, I don't do anything. She's like that's all actors do. We just lie. Isn't she like a? Isn't she a Scientologist too? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna look that up now because I don't want to be making f- fake accusations here. Uh, I'll just uh, see Juliet. I always forget about Lewis. Let's find out. I always, I always want to call her Julia Louise Dreyfus, and I'm like, nope, that's <laughs> not the same person. <laughs> it says that she has practiced Scientology since the 1990s, so she was pretty new yeah. to it at the time. Yeah, so she is. I'm not sure she's still part of it, but she probably is. Uh, man, her and Tom Cruise. I'm wondering why Tom Cruise hasn't given her a job. Damn it, Tom Cruise. Yeah, step it up. And John Travolta and all those other. Well, people. I don't know if anyone wants to be in a movie with John Travolta. But <laughs> 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 at least not something. At least not now. But yeah, at some point, she could have been in a, one of his '90s comeback movies for sure. Uh, so anyway, so she comes through. I don't know why. Like I have this weird talk. Like. As soon as I found out about Scientology, I looked up act, famous actors that are Scientologists, like just so I could have it in the back of my head, and I don't know why. It's just like, oh, you're easily tricked. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Oh, you're a dupe. Yeah. Oh man, I've been watching, been watching the Vow about that Nexium cult. Oh yeah, that's right. And there are a lot of people in Hollywood that were in the Nexium cult. I I don't know what it is. I I don't know if it's because the kind of person that goes to to want to the kind of person that wants to be in that 
form of entertainment is constantly trying to fill a I think we're all trying to fill some sort of some sort of void within us, but whatever void they're trying to fill is easily fillable by cults and <laughs> crazy shit. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know what exactly it is. I'm not going to try to pretend I'm an expert at it, but there is something going on with with people in Hollywood, and they just get easily duped into like crazy bullshit like this. Um, you know where you get the facts is from comedians because you know comedians are one of those they can kind of bridge their way into acting, and they'll they'll talk about. Oh, I was approached by Scientology, you know, Scientology representative or mm-hmm. whatever. And um, but comedians, they're much more down to earth people that I guess don't they don't see the value in that kind of shit. Yeah. And so you can. I've heard. Yeah. I've actually heard a lot of stand up comedians talk about people trying to get them into cults. Right. They're like, if you give me five hundred dollars, we can go to this retreat. It's fucking weird. You know, you can get in touch with your inner purpose or whatever you know whatever bullshit they're trying to sell you yeah it's just constant it's constant i remember the the first time i got to see the big old scientology i don't know what to call it it looks like a giant fucking temple castle place i saw it for the first time uh when i was in la and i was just blown away at fucking how huge it was and it just looked so creepy to me i'm like oh man (laughs) you get shudders when you walk i did i seriously (laughs) did i was like oh god this is a bunch of people just being brainwashed in that place and they have so much money can i have a little bit of it uh so (laughs) true (laughs) gotta pay like ten thousand dollars to fucking just get in so anyway uh from there after all of that stuff, uh, they do eventually get on the RV after a little bit back and forth. Um, we get to see fucking Richie looking like a real creeper. He looks at Juliette Lewis's feet for like forever. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I've seen almost all of Tarantino's movies and I'm always like, does he really have a foot thing or is this something that he's put into his movies and people have really latched onto it and it amuses him? So he goes even harder. I don't. I it could even be a vision thing. Like feet are something that have never been, at least in a lot of other movies that I've seen, and you've probably seen even more movies than me. But it's just not something that's focused on too often. I remember that one of the first time I ever like saw feet focused on was in Tombstone when Doc Holliday looks at his own feet before he dies. <laughs> I know that's weird, but it's one of my first memories as a kid seeing a movie where they focus in on feet. And, um, yeah, it's just not something that's often focused on in movies. Like, even hands are maybe a little more focused on, but even then, the camera rarely zooms that much in on, like, that deep in the hands. So, in this scene, um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's an intimacy thing, or maybe he just really loves feet. It could be a little bit of both, maybe. This movie especially has got the Tarantino foot thing. Bad. All through like it. maybe to <laughs> an extent where that's where this may have really kicked off. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> really, you know, just fucking <laughs> kicked off with the pata and the football and just bam. And yes, he's being super creeper, and we get a little, a little brief back and forth between Seth and Jacob, and Seth is questioning him, looking at all his like information that he has he finds yeah. out his wife is Talk, talking about his life but they never explain the chinese son they don't they don't and i'm like was he adopted was his wife chinese because you never see a picture of her yeah you're like well did he have did he have two like did he have an original wife that he had yeah Catherine with and then he, he got with him but the, the the i think he's adopted because he he doesn't he looks 
like a Chinese American kid. He doesn't look like. Oh, well, he's very American. Yeah. Well, yeah, like you just see, you see his precinct thirteen well, shirt. Yeah, like that, and the fact he doesn't have an accent. Uh, he just speaks English, uh, you know, without an accent. He's playing his electric guitar. He's playing, yeah, he's doing a bunch of American shit. He's got American. Well, actually, his haircut does look kind of Asian. I, mean, I just can't. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, that, I don't know. that bowl cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that bowl cut that all the esports players have. <laughs> Yeah, it's the esports player cut. That's what they asked for in sports clips. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I thought he was maybe adopted or something. Like maybe like someone brought him. To, I'm just make, making up narrative, but like someone brought him to his church as a baby, <laughs> <laughs> dropped him off. <laughs> I don't know. I just found him at the dry cleaners. <laughs> making up fake lore. I think his name's Seth, right? I think I think his name's Seth. No, the kid's name is. Uh... Oh shit! Is it is Seth? What is that kid's name? I'm, it's got to be no, because oh no, it's no, not it's not Seth. Seth because, that's the yeah. brother. What the fuck is that kid's name? I don't remember. <laughs> he, he, I, I don't he's remember. Got, like, five lines. Uh, yeah, he's not a big deal in this movie, <laughs> and he's not a very good actor either. So yeah, he's I, very I, forgettable. Kind of, oh, Scott. Start with an S. So Scott. Scott. I think his name is Scott. I think his name. Yeah, Scott Fuller. Yeah, yeah, his name's Scott. So. Apparently, <laughs> gotta love a Chinese kid whose name is Scott, right? Are you double checking? Is that what you're doing? No, <laughs> I was actually looking at my cat. <laughs> is your cat just doing whatever it wants, or what? Yeah, she's just—I don't. She was meowing, so I muted the mic and I opened the door to let her in. And now she's just sitting on the floor beside me, but like laying down with her belly up, just staring at me. I'm like, what the hell is she <laughs> Cats doing? Trip me out. For, I do love them though, but they do trip me out. Oh, you don't have to mute if they if if is it a is it a she or a he? She. If she mouths, it's not a big deal. Well, uh, I got the third degree because you could hear my. I mean, I think you were on that episode. You could hear my dog scratching. Oh, that's right. That was really funny. <laughs> yeah. though. I think I think I even was the one that called it You're out. You're the one who pointed it out. I was like, is somebody scratching themselves? <laughs> like Jesus Christ. I always have two dogs and a cat in here, and they just follow me everywhere. Oh, like, I genuinely said that because I thought someone was just, like, you know, like, scratching their stubble. It kind of sounded like that sound. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think it was a dog. I was like, oh, shit, okay, cool. Uh, like, no, that's me. <laughs> Wait until they start loudly licking themselves. That's that's fun. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. So, uh, eventually, they, they run into the titty twister, uh, which is just amazing, the way they set this place up. I thought that we should have Tim record Cheech Marin's little intro here. Oh, it's just magical. <laughs> it just I don't I don't know what you're doing for your quick impressions, but that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> you may have just guessed it right. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, Cheech Marin just knocks the whole like it's kind of he's like the fucking Billy Mays of strip clubs. Just like fucking making you want to just buy all that. He's making pussy. deals. Yes, he's making deals, taking names. He's just—it's so good, and uh, it, it automatically—he's sort of the catalyst of like, hey, this is a whole new movie, motherfuckers! Like, we yep. are the next part of this fucking movie now, bitches. We are in the Rodriguez part of this. Yes, movie. we are, <laughs> and it's a trucker slash biker bar for the like, pr pretty much. Is it supposed to? 
is it? I think it's supposed to be a strip club. It's a strip club, but, but like a, for bikers and truckers, I guess. It drive bikers and truckers only. Bikers and truckers only. Very strict. No frat boys stumbling in drunk. Yep, they don't want anyone coming in with their Fiats or their Corollas. They just want some hard uh, guys that are hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that beards. And, uh, you know, just, just tough dudes. And so they... I love the fact that when they go into the titty twister, they just beat the fuck out of Cheech Bodine's character. I don't even know if he has a oh, name. Yeah. Uh, he plays like three characters. Yeah, he does. He plays the he plays the guard at the border, yeah. and then he plays this, and then he plays Carlos at the end of the movie. So funny! That's such a good bit. <laughs> it's like, let's just have Cheech Bodine. Let's yeah. just put him a different car. He's probably more <laughs> himself as uh, as Carlos, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. But it is really funny. And by the way, I we didn't mention this. Because uh, Juliet Lewis's character is a sexualized, uh, not really like sexualized, but like I guess there's a lot of perverts around her, and they're yeah, because she's the only girl. She's the only girl, th- but has, I for the most part of the Salma Hayek character that actually has lines for the most. I think yeah. Yeah. And, this does not pass the Bechdel test. No, this is a huge fucking as uh, Charlie from Sacramento would call uh, Which... dick flick. Which I, you know, grew up watching these kinds of movies, so never really phases me when there's not a lot of female characters in the movie, because that's just how most horror and action movies are, and that's what I like. Yeah, uh, you're right. So I don't bitch about it too much, just because I'm used to it. I, I don't, I notice it more now, uh, because there are more movies being made where they're uh, more logically put together, where it's like, yeah, there would be more yeah. women in this story, naturally. Yeah. And uh, because there are more women than uh, than men <laughs> in, the, in the fucking in the nation, so obviously there should be more. But yeah, I did notice it when I was younger. But there is that part where Cheech Marine goes into the RV and he's just searching, and he opens the door and he sees uh, he sees Juliet Lewis on the shitter, and he looks <laughs> close the fucking door. <laughs> yes, and he gives her like an up and down look. I'm like, dude, she's taking a fucking piss, bro, or shit, like. Yeah, never understood that, but I don't even think that was in the you know, script. When people put when people put uh, cameras in bathrooms and stuff. It's like that's what you want to see is people pissing and shit. Exactly. You know, I don't even. Ugh. I don't even think Cheech Marine, like. I don't think he was directed to do that. I think I thought he. I think he thought the camera was. <laughs> <laughs> it's the camera. You're gonna cut that out, right? Yeah. 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 yeah we're gonna do that, Cheech. No worries. Poor Cheech Marine, He has resting <laughs> creepy uncle face. He can't help it. Uh, so... <laughs> The handsy uncle with the holes in his pockets. Yes. He's got to reach for the cane. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> he really does. It's so gross. So they get into the fucking... Now Now basically this becomes Roadhouse horror movie. Like horror movie style. This is fucking Roadhouse. You just got to love it. They get in there. And there's a dog. It's all good. <laughs> Sorry. We get the legendary Danny Trejo. Who, uh, but, by the way, this is all better than just having Mike and, and Tim just fucking going bonk. I'd rather your dog start barking right now than the Mike and Tim driving. At least I bark. can mute my mic. Yeah. <laughs> I can't mute them, unfortunately. I need to get a, a different type of software to use so that way I can start muting those motherfuckers. Uh, and so Danny Trejo tells him like, hey, dude, you can't be here. I saw you, you know, you don't look I guess he, there, really there are no bikers or truckers that have Caesar style haircuts. They, they don't. They no, don't he looks way too clean cut. Way too clean cut. They're both wearing I'll, I'll, that's another. Suits. Is that like a Reservoir Dogs lean? Like, why are they dressed like that? <laughs> I just so yeah, weird. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, they're both wearing suits. Really weird. Like jackets, blazers. They're wearing black blazers with black pants. They both look 
they're pretty much dressed the same. Um, it adds a good vibe to the movie, but it really doesn't make sense. Why would you rob a bank? Like, I guess to blend in better, so you look like you're going to do business at first, and then you, I don't know, yeah, I don't know. But uh, eventually, uh, Jacob is able to find a loophole because he's like, "Oh, you need this certain classification of driver's license in order to drive an RV." So technically, I am a trucker, and they are my friends. So they find a loophole. And Seth does the most douchebaggery thing you could do to a bartender, which is like, yeah, send the fucking waitress over to me and we're going to order some food. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a good way to get your shit. It's like spent. best food in Mexico. I doubt that. Yeah, he's just a complete <laughs> dickhead because he's he gets in a bad mood because his bigger bouncer guy put his hands on him and was about to kick him out. And uh, we find out he's still pissed off about it because they all start doing shots. Well, him, Cat, <laughs> and... Um, I think he eventually gets the kid to do it too, Scott. Yeah. And he's like fucking slamming the fuck out of the shot glass. Like, I don't even know how it didn't break. He's just like slamming it on the table. And Jacob tells him, why Why do you need to be, why are you so agitated? He's like. He says, are you such a fucking loser that you can't tell when you've won? That's such a good exchange there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Such a good exchange. I think finally Jacob was like, I'm. We're here now, and I don't need to put up with this guy's shit anymore. Yeah. And I think he was just so sick of him being kind of a – both him and both him and Richie are kind of immature pricks. You know, they – Yeah. Yeah. They've been doing whatever they want. Because, I mean, they, they just, you know, live a life of violence, and that's all they respond to, and that's all they know how to do in their day-to-day -day lives. Yep. Yeah, yeah, waving a gun around and being tough and shit. I think it just gives you this, uh, the this kind of power that doesn't allow you to actually find other ways to be successful or other ways to defend yourself. Uh, so they just. Although I think Seth and Jacob have a respect for each other, though. They're yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say they're buds, but I don't think Seth hates them. I think they, you know, I think he kind of respects them a little bit. Yeah, no, it's a good point. A good point, and this is when we get a couple of shots of we get introduced to our little side characters. They're going to be coming in and joining our team. We get sex machine, <laughs> <laughs> which, by the way, has one of the weirdest contraptions, which has always yeah. stayed with me after all these years. It's like, how does he? trigger That's it. That's what I was thinking. Like, how does he shoot with that? Because what it is for the listeners who maybe have never seen this movie, it's Tom Savini and his character's name is Sex Machine and he's clearly a biker because he's, you know, he's dressed, kitted out in black leather and he has this like cod piece that opens up into a gun. It's fucking crazy. And it's like, how do you shoot that? Are you like squeezing your toes? Is it attached to your foot or something? Like, I don't how do you not accidentally shoot it? I don't know. I know. I kept figuring maybe, maybe he's got a little button in his pocket or something. Is it all just done by erection? Does he have mad control over his wiener? And like, he's also got a whip. He's got. He he's like, got a whip. It's a Greg Nicotero is sitting there with a beer, and he like whips it over. He like grabs it with the whip and slings it over to himself and drinks it. It's fucking amazing. Like. I don't know who influenced this sex machine character. I don't know if it was Tom Savini himself, <laughs> but whoever did is a genius. They basically created a, uh, a comic book character. You know, the way he's dressed, he's dressed kind of um, hell-bent for leather. Like, <laughs> yeah. he looks like a big Judas Priest guy. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, got, he's got the wit. Like, he seems very kind of androgynous to me in a way. Like, like he... 
I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's the cock gun that just, it just seems very, like, this guy definitely, he just wants to fuck. He's a sex machine. Like, if there's a hole, he's fucking it. It doesn't yeah. matter who it's coming from. <laughs> but he's got a surprisingly soft voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, he's one of the funniest characters, uh, surprisingly. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom Savini makes some of the funniest faces. Oh, that yeah. I've ever seen in this movie. And he's only in the movie for like a few, like not that long. Like, I don't know, not very long. Like pretty much for like a little part of it. And it's so good. Uh, we also see, uh, uh, we see, what's his name? Jesus Christ. His, Fr- Fred Williamson. Fred Williamson, who's trying to build a Domino's pyramid for some fucking reason. Yeah. But the damn hooker, well, the, the damn stripper keeps dancing on the table in her heels <laughs> and it's knocking over his tower and she's getting more and more aggravated. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> damn it. All the strippers in this movie, which before I watched this for the podcast, my husband wanted to watch it like two or three weeks ago. So I watched it with him. I was like, we can't watch this when the kids are awake. Yeah. He's like, what? What are you talking about? Like, he had only seen it, like, once before. And I'm like, you don't remember the strip club? I'm like, there's a lot of Ooh. TNA in this movie. And they all look. <laughs> a lot. Man, they just found the best Latinas that Mexico had to offer, I think. I don't know if they put out a fucking flyer. Well, no, they they did. They actually hired strippers. Because they all look fucking fed. Like, I'm like, holy shit. Like, I don't think there's. It's kind of like you take the, the cream of the crop. Uh, from all the strip clubs in Mexico, and you just threw them all in one, one room, basically. Yeah, they 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 sent out a call for every stripper they could find, and then they found the best ones, brought them in, and they everybody on the crew during like when they were filming this stuff had a, a competition going on over who had the cutest butt. <laughs> so they had this wall of Polaroids of people's asses, <laughs> and not just the strippers, but like. The makeup effects artists and the grips, you know, and the gophers and stuff like oh, that. Oh, dude, you know there is. And I think, I think one of the grips actually won. I was going to say, like, <laughs> I bet you there's a grip or a makeup artist who's got a freaking thick cake. It's just, like, just hiding it <laughs> underneath, like, a summer dress, you know? It's like, <laughs> like, no, it was a dude. It was, like, oh, it was a, a guy's ass. It was, like, some Wrangler jeans. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> but, like, that is one thing I, I – like, if you were to make this movie now, you would have way, like – thicker curvier women like like they all kind of That's are the true. same shape i'm like oh man none of them are like really carrying it like <laughs> i don't know selma hayek I mean, yeah she's different though because she was <laughs> yeah she's a certain type of breed of person that just it's amazing what she brings to a screen uh especially in the 90s i jesus i i remember she still looks she amazing. does like and i actually have that in my notes like she could be fucking doing this right now her she plays a character named santanico pandemonium <laughs> Which is yeah, it's a big to do. Which she was deathly afraid of snakes, oh. and she did some aversion therapy so that she could film this. Damn, I mean, yeah, because it's not like she had like a little tiny. She was carrying like what is that? Is that a type of python or? I think it's a uh, albino boa. Oh, you're right. You're right. Because it's like a yellowish. Mm-hmm, it's got the red eyes. Yeah, they tend to be. I mean, those snakes tend to be pretty docile. Uh, but it's yeah. still your. I, I mean, it was a tame snake, but uh, I mean, we jumped ahead a little bit, but it's all right. <laughs> yeah, because there's a bunch of shit that happens in between, uh, you know, here and there. But I mean, you're welcome to but mention it. Danny Tr- Danny Trejo introduces Satanico Pandemonia, which was the original title of this movie. No way. And uh huh. And uh, yeah, you see Selma Hayek come out in just her little bikini. 
with uh, the boa wrapped around her body and she's dancing and she's got like a feathered headdress on. And so the music she's dancing to is the music of the song. I mean, is the music of the scene. And Robert Rodriguez told her just go with it. He didn't give her like choreography or anything. He was like, just feel the music. Wow. And go with it. I did not know that. And I got to say, I'm totally straight, but Salma Hayek in this movie. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, you know, raised some temperatures. Like, I'm not even a foot guy, and I would still take her foot in my mouth. like With beer? Yeah, and, like, walking <laughs> on that table that probably has a bunch of, like, biker spit on oh, it. Oh, yeah. Sticky old gum, and I'd be like, yeah, just stick your foot in my mouth. Why not? I mean, it's the closest. Man, movie. my husband loves Selma Hayek. He calls her his Mexican goddess. <laughs> he does. He lo- fucking loves her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is amazing. Uh, the fact that... Adam Sandler has somehow tricked her to being his wife in those fucking shitty movies that he makes. What are they called? I forget what they're called, but uh, he makes those. No idea. He plays, she plays his wife in, um, fuck, what are they called? I can't remember the name of them. But they're like shitty family comedy movies that he's made. Uh, two two movies of them. Was it Grown, Grown Ups? Ups? There you go. Thank you. Yeah. And she plays his wife in those movies. And I didn't even realize it. I'd never seen those movies. And then one time it was on on uh, TV. Ran, I just like, kind of was flicking around. And I was like, is that someone Hank and Adam Sandler? She's playing his wife? Like, what the fuck? I'm like, man, Adam Sandler just living the life. Just, hey, sexy lady that's been hot forever. You want to be my wife in this movie? <laughs> yeah. That I would never, ever be able to get unless I was rich and funny. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, jeez. Ah, Selma Hayek. Gotta love it. So yeah, she's like dancing, and she comes towards, she starts walking across the tables and comes up to Richie and grabs a beer and pours it down her shin and sticks her foot in his mouth so he's drinking the beer that's pouring down her leg into his mouth over the top of her foot. So he's, you know, sucking beer off of her toes. It's like, goddamn, they really, really went heavy on the the footwork here. He And he... Candace, you gotta, you gotta imagine that he loves feet because he went full mouth on that thing. <laughs> you could have fit two cocks in his mouth, like two good sized cocks. The foot size, yeah, because the width of the foot <laughs> is about two good size. You know, depending on the foot. I mean, she had a pretty dainty foot, so maybe it was like a, a solid cock and then like kind of a thinner Irish cock. <laughs> <laughs> The old Irish curse. The old Irish, <laughs> the old Irish curse. And uh, but yeah, the fact he goes mouth like just mouth open with that, and then then she pours some more into his mouth from her mouth. I think she spits it into his mouth, which is um. And I oof. think the reason she approaches him out of everybody in the crowd is because he's already bleeding from his hand. That's right. She could sense it. She was like, yeah, because she starts eyeballing the fuck out of it, mm-hmm. and. And we get some hijinks after this, after, like, you know, I love the Seth being like, that's what I call a fucking show. <laughs> yeah. Shit I, would say. Every, I mean, everybody's, like, quiet. Yeah, she, like. Whew. Because they're all just entranced by Salma Hayek's Dancing with the Snake. There's a freeze frame, which I might use on Instagram, of, <laughs> of uh, fucking uh, Tom Savini. And his mouth is, I, I honestly don't think he's acting here. His mouth is just agape. I mean, I don't think I, I think there was a lot of pillows and laps. Oh, I mean, <laughs> this scene happened. He just looks like holy shit. Like it, it was very reminiscent of the mask, where it's like the the wolf, and he's like, oh, like 
just going insane. <laughs> yeah. But it's Tom Zavini, and it's just the funniest shit I've ever seen. So then after that, uh, by the way, Seth reacting that way, I had in my notes, he does remind I, – I think this is the second time I bring up Tombstone, but he reminds me of Curly Bill when the gang is watching Billy Zane do theater in, in Tombstone, and he's just like, hell of a show. And this is, like, amazing. Like, I just – kind of <laughs> Western vibe going on here. I love it. So then fucking Cheech Marine comes through, and he's like, hey, that's some motherfuckers that beat me up. Because they just literally whooped his ass outside of the titty twister uh, when they first entered oh, yeah. to get in. They, like, break his hand, break his nose, and then Richie, like, kicks him in the ribs a few times. It's fucked up. And so they a fight basically breaks out between uh, Cheech Bonin, uh Danny Trejo's character, who he's the bartender, and then I think, I think it's the big bouncer guy. And one of them, I think it's actually Danny Trejo's character, he stabs... In the same fucking hole in Richie's yeah. hand hole. <laughs> he'll, never, he'll never be able to eat M&Ms through that hand. They're just going to fucking bounce right. They're just going to flow right through. Aw. <laughs> just imagine someone pouring M&Ms in their hand. You hear, <laughs> as it hits the ground. <laughs> like, sorry, bro. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> They're just like, aw. They stabs, he stabs him in the head, so it's bleeding even more. We notice Sama Hayek's character just fucking eyeballing the shit out of his hand. They start fighting. They fuck him up. And then there's that little quick scene where Jacob sees the knife that they stabbed Danny Trejo with, and it's it's just like green, goopy shit coming off of it. Mm-hmm. That ain't right. That ain't that normal. That ain't normal at all. And so right away, he starting getting suspicious. And yeah, from there, then Salma Hag jumps on Richie and bites him in the neck, which I... Yeah, she, like, her head turns into, like, this kind of a snake-looking creature. Vampire with, like, fangs. She kind of looks like a serpent or something. And that's one thing I really love about... I like that they had a little loosey-goosey fun with what these vampires are. There's a rat monster at one point. they all look... Some of them look like bats. They look different. Like, I love that. Yeah. I, it, the, it seems like the fresher ones just kind of look more like deadites, like, with vampire teeth. But they kind of just have a monster face, and then some of them have, like, a full-grown mutated face, and then some look like mm-hmm. bats, like you said, or, like, weird, evil, like, old Nosferatu-style motherfuckers, like. Yeah. Uh, which I love. Like, more demonic, I guess. And um, it's super yeah. fucking cool. Yeah, and uh, the... Uh... This is an hour into the movie before you even get to this point. The first hint yeah. that this is anything but a crime movie. Yep. It throws you for a fucking loop. And after these messages, uh, this is a podcast that I've been wanting to promote on the show. So listen to this and we are going to wrap this baby up. We'll be right back. Witchcraft. The occult. Extremist beliefs. Murder. Tune in to Rogue Darkness each Friday and join host Raven as I uncover horrific crimes committed under the misconceptions and misunderstandings of witchcraft and other belief systems. I'll cover a wide range of crimes involving ritualistic killings and extremist beliefs to cult persuasion and supposed possession. Anything and everything that borders the line of horrifying. There's always three sides to a story. Side A, side B, and then the truth. Let's uncover the truth together and explore the darkness of mankind, one crime at a time. Available wherever you get your podcast fix. 
simply by searching Rogue Darkness. the casting for the mario movie oh my god <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> um, that um I, I forget his name but he i think it's like the black nerd or something like that he's on tiktok and he him reacting to it was one of the funniest fucking things i've ever seen in my life like just it, just as it progressed you're like what the fuck is going on but i'm excited i don't care <laughs> i'm just glad that sonic was decent to watch like i'm more of a sonic guy like i love sonic the hedgehog as a kid and um i mean i love super mario brothers of course but i've always kind of had like a weird affinity for sonic i don't know i just love the games and uh yeah like i just was like oh please don't fuck this up sega like please you fuck everything up now like don't fuck this up and the fact that they had, you know, fucking Ben Schwartz, I think, play uh, uh, Sonic, and then they re they recreated his character, and it worked out all right. I was so happy, and the movie was actually decent. Jim Carrey was pretty good, and now they're coming out with a sequel. What is? Well, how do you think they're gonna? How do you think the Super Mario Brothers movie is gonna do? <laughs> I don't think it's. I think at best it's gonna be mediocre. Yeah. I think at best it's gonna be like, okay, well that exists. And then you just never think about it again. Yeah. Because Mario doesn't really talk. No. He'll, like, say something every once in a while, you know? But not much. (laughs) I can't imagine having a whole conversation with Mario. Is is this supposed to be live action or animated? It's animated. Okay. So that's what... this This is my problem. So, like, I can understand. I can understand... How Sonic the Hedgehog needs to be a semi, you know, animated, you know, in, you know, I think they did a good job of making it where it's animated in a real world situation. Because there's no, like, hedgehogs don't look like that. (laughs) Like, there's like, it's a fucking animal. But you have an opportunity. I understand it did not work live action in the original one (laughs) for the 90s. I just don't get why they would not try it one more time. Like, that is the you could make a live action Super Mario Brothers, and I think it would be fucking dope. Honestly, it's probably Nintendo. They're after the Super Mario Brothers movie came out. It was just a disaster, and it, and it was so bad they never let their IP be used again. Like they were real, they're real protective about, it, especially Mario. Like the hoops you have to jump through to be able to use Nintendo's IP is insane. Exactly. I mean, they were even hard on the people playing their video games on youtube for god's sakes like yeah like i mean they're not even doing trying to recreate their ip they're just celebrating it and um i don't understand why they're like that and and honestly zelda would make the better movie i feel like you yeah. you know you could do a dope ass movie with zelda yeah i mean if you've ever seen uh shit that nicholas cage movie where he beats up the animatronic animals willie's wonderland oh yeah like he never talks he never talks during the entire thing he doesn't like you just, I don't know. So you can have a silent protagonist in a movie, and it can carry the movie. So wait, you're trying to say that they could make a Super Mario Brothers movie where there's just not a lot of talking? Is that what you're saying to me? I say Mario doesn't need to be doing a lot of talking. <laughs> well, you see, like if you play if you play the RPGs, the Mario RPGs, like the other characters talk. Yeah, but he doesn't. I mean, you could make it to where he doesn't talk much, but I. It doesn't work that way because he's supposed to be a New Yorker from, like, 
I, at least from the original, like from the original show, like the TV show. That's that. Yeah. That was my first interaction of like live action Mario, and it, I like the fact that he's a New Yorker, and New Yorkers never shut up. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Man, it still holds true. I remember living in the South, and there was a lot of New Yorkers who would come down. And they're always loudmouths, yeah. and everything they say is the God's honest truth. And it doesn't matter if it's just their opinion, it's the fucking truth. And if you ever disagree <laughs> with them, like, they <laughs> shout you down. <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> Why are you so rude? Yeah, they don't take <laughs> shit from, like, yeah, they are just one of those people that, uh, you gotta take, you gotta take, you gotta enjoy the fact that that's the way they come at certain things, but at the same time, it's like, geez, like, Man, can you just show a little bit of, like, could you just give a little bit just to save face? There's no saving face with New Yorkers. They're just going to fucking railroad your ass. And yeah, that's true. That's the way it's going to be. But, yeah, it's a shame. I, I wish that. Um, Do you think that, uh, what's his face, Chris? Uh, Pratt? Yeah, why am I forgetting people's names tonight? We're tired, <laughs> you think baby. That Chris Pratt <laughs> is going to do a, uh, that's true, is going to do a uh, Italian accent. I don't know. I don't think he's going it's to. It's a me. <laughs> I don't think he's going to do it. I, first of all, Chris Pratt is definitely not Italian. No, not even a so little bit. So he can't even get away with like the Mike. Like he's... Mike Wood always gets away with doing an Italian. He's like, oh, I'm of Italian descent, so I can fucking make fun of their accent. Yeah. You know, and I make fun of their accent because I don't give a fuck. But still, you know, like when I do Luigi Cosi. Luigi Cosi. Luigi Cosi. And, uh,. <laughs> You know, he can't even do that. So, like, I, don't, I think he's just – I think they're going to use Chris – I mean, why would you bring on Chris Pratt to do a voice that no one's going to recognize that it's Chris Pratt? Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. But why would – because you're going to be watching Mario, and you know Mario's voice. Yeah. And then Chris Pratt's voice is going to come out of his mouth. It's so it's weird. Suck. I would rather have – I know this is hilarious because it would be funny as fuck. Could you imagine Danny DeVito doing his voice, Mario's voice? Oh, my God. <laughs> That would be the funniest shit with Charlie Day, who they're both on the same show, so we've we've heard them together. It would be so perfect. Why did Nintendo not just hire Danny DeVito to do Mario? It would have been so good. I don't know. Ah, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Peach, you're a whore. <laughs> you're a fucking whore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That would have been so good. Charlie Day playing Luigi's weird too. Like it's just—they're all weird. It's a fucking mess. It's got Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. What is happening? They should have just brought back uh, uh, Liguizamo to play fucking Luigi. If you're just going to use Pretty his much. voice, he's got a fun yeah. little New Yorker voice. Like he's a Puerto Rican dude. I mean, he can make it work. Like I just—I don't know. It, it seems like a fucking crap fest to me. I don't even know. It is. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. But you know what? You know what it seems like? It seems like something from like a different Earth. Like like on Earth Two, this happened, and now we're like uh, for some reason it it's coming. It's happening on our Earth. <laughs> Whoops! It's like a multi dimensional split, and we just this was not supposed to happen here. All right, so where are we in this fucking movie? I think we're kind of getting to like the where right where the vampires are fucking shit up. Yeah, vampires are fucking shit up. We get some serious Tom Savini kicking some serious ass. And uh, it's so funny, like, because he was a stuntman at one point, so he does a lot of physical stuff. I don't. Yeah, he's he's really light on his feet. He is. He's like doing. I mean, I'm not sure if that's him doing a backflip, but he's definitely doing a lot of the physical. Well, you stuff. see him. You see him like grab a 
pull cue off a table and then he drops down and does like this little thing with his feet. Yeah. It's where he like tits, you know, like sticks his feet back and forth real quick. And it, he you can tell he's really he's pretty agile for someone who's so stocky. Yeah, cuz he's on um Instagram and he's posted a I think I'm not sure when he turned 60 something. He posted a photo without with, uh, of him without a shirt, and I was like, "Holy shit!" This yeah, he's, he's ripped. So ripped after all these years. I mean, this guy was a maniac for guy. Like, like I mean, this guy like not he wasn't in maniac, but he like he's he was been in working. maniac actually. Oh, was he in there? Yeah, he was. In oh maniac. shit! I didn't know he yeah. was in there. <laughs> oh wait, yeah, he gets his head blown yeah, he's off. The head, yeah, that's right. The most, one of the most famous head explosions. Yep. Yeah, like it's just the fact he's been in this business for fucking decades, and this guy still looks fantastic. It's insane, uh, and and he's doing a bunch of shit. He's fighting Danny Trejo's character. He takes that pool cue, fucking stabs his ass in the chest. He fucking Danny Trejo dies on the pool table. Uh, not... And I never noticed this before until just last night when I watched it again. When he melts, it it looks like shit because it's CG, but it's real quick. He like melts and his eyes go into the corner pockets. What? See, I didn't see. I, never I didn't see that, that with my little TV. That's all old. <laughs> it's not sharp enough. <laughs> I watched it on well my Chromebook actually, so I wasn't doing much your, better. Your, but... Chrome, your Chromebook has better resolution than <laughs> probably than <my> television. <laughs> Damn, I got to step my game up. So uh, then, uh, after all that. Magic, Santanico, Pandemonium. I'm going to just say the whole thing because who cares? She uh, makes she makes the classic villain mistake of just talking too damn much. Of monologuing. Yeah. Yep. She could have just killed uh, Seth. But she starts going on a whole rant. Oh, she's going to keep him, a, I guess, as a, a vampire and make, make him her slave and be like her dog. And he's going to like lick shit off her heel. It was, all, it was still making me super hard. You will lick... The shit off my boot heel. You will feed off of rats. Because you are a dog, you must have a name. Spot. Yeah. It's... <laughs> she's going to name him Spot. <laughs> like, she's still so hot still. Like, I'm just like, damn it. And I think, is she still in demon form or, like, vampire form here? No, no, she's she's regular okay. Selma Hayek face, you know. She still looked... Punching people she out. She still looked hot as a cobra. Uh, <laughs> I still... <laughs> she still had that bot. I still would have. Like, I don't give a fuck. Uh, that's why doggy style was invented. So <laughs> that's what paper bags were invented. <laughs> yeah, ask Yelmo. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, she eventually, you know, with all that talking, Seth shoots a chandelier and she gets impaled by it. And oh shit! Just completely when we were talking about Yobo with the paper bag, the reason why he wears it isn't because of his anonymity; it's because he's a butterface. Oh, you think so? <laughs> you think? Yeah, I think Tim's got this rock and bod. <laughs> He's like real fugly, so he wears a paper bag. <laughs> oh shit, dude! He's got the body of Tom Savini, but the face of like fucking the the guy from that Cher movie. <laughs> he looks like sloth. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys. Yeah. He's, he looks like the dude from the that was it called Mask, right? The, yeah, yeah. yeah mask. <laughs> Dude, I would love it if he looked like that guy. That would be so awesome. So uh, we get <laughs> we get to see uh, Fred Williamson from here. He takes a, he takes on a, that giant zombie guy, which I love this bit. It's such a good bit. He he pulls out the heart from the from the giant zombie, 
And the giant zombie doesn't want to die. They fucking hit the shit out of him with a bunch of, you know, uh, pool pool sticks. Yeah, they're beating the shit out of him. And then Tom Savini goes and he grabs a little pencil, which why is there a pencil just lying around in a fucking bar? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) He just stabs the heart. Someone was doing Sudoku or something. Yeah, yeah, someone was like filling out their fucking crossword puzzle from the Mexican newspaper, I guess. And he stabs it with the heart and the fucking dude dies finally. So it's kind of a good bit. I don't think I've ever seen that before. No, I've never seen it since either. Well, no, we have seen it since. Uh, uh, Well, not not necessarily vampire style, but I think we all saw Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, which when she starts stabbing that little heart, it's one of the funniest shits I've ever seen. She's like, "Fuck you, bitch!" She's like, starts stabbing it. Oh, it's so good. That movie's garbage. Twenty sixteen. The Suicide oh, Squad, God. but it is there's some moments that I'm just like, oh, that is just horribly good. Uh, in my opinion, I just enjoy the shittiness of it all. And so then uh, a few vampire hoes come out, and I like how they all look different. You know, like one looks like Baraka. Uh, the other two kind of yeah. have Baraka's <laughs> face, but they still have sexy bodies. It's like, it's kind of they're like, uh, we don't have the budget to finish y'all's bodies, but we'll just make this one look like a fucking haggard fucking vampire the rest of y'all could just you know you know we got to keep the guys keeping on looking so this <laughs> yeah. your boobs out and uh, they come out and it's like a damn action movie at this point just a lot of fucking shooting and fighting yeah the whole bar is just erupted into chaos it's awesome because all the strippers are vampires well and the the bouncers are vampires and then eventually all the fucking truckers that they that they bit come to life and they gotta kill them one by one and Tom Savini's doing most of the work and there's like a little bit where Kat is she just can't get herself to want to kill this one guy and eventually he comes up to life and he fucking she's like freaks out and she fucking kills him then we see Tom Savini get fucking bit by the sex machine he gets bit on his arm and uh, he hides it classic zombie like that's like some zombie movie yeah. shit you just gotta love it Someone gets bit and they hide it and yeah, he's like he's 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 turning. He's slowly turning, but he's like trying to keep <laughs> keep himself together. And it, it's so funny because it's during uh, Fred Williamson's character is talking about when he was in the bush, he was in the shit in Nam, <laughs> and so he's telling the story and everybody's listening. And Tom Savini's just kind of behind them all, and you see his hands like turning into vampire hands, and he's got like fangs all of a sudden. <laughs> it's he's so freaking funny, out, dude. <laughs> His face, he's like, oh shit! He's like trying to hide his <laughs> yeah. hands. He doesn't want anyone to notice. And uh, and then I think we also see uh, at this point, fucking Richie comes back to life, and he kind of looks like I don't know. He looks like special needs. He looks lame. special needs yeah. Frankenstein. I don't know. <laughs> he's got this like really thick neck and square head. He does look like Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> It's not great. <laughs> it's not great. Uh, but uh, I think at this point they're just having a damn good time. And Seth kills him himself. He doesn't even let them kill him. He's like, let me fucking, let me just end my brother's life here myself. It's like, this is my brother. Yeah. I'm going to kill I'm him. I'm going to kill his ass. So he kills him. And then from there, they, uh, Tom Savini's sex machine goes and he fucking bites his shit out of. Fred Williamson. Yeah. Yeah. You like, you see his like little vampire fingers like creep up over him. Then he's like, so good. <laughs> like bites his neck. <laughs> so good. And he, and Fred Williamson like flips him. And he flips him through the uh, through like one of the windows, and it has all these like just clouds of bats pour in, and they're all vampires. Yeah, we get our solid 1996 CGI bats coming through. Yep. <laughs> uh, good job with the sound, though. It does sound crazy, like with all the bats coming in, and 
they escape to a room in the very back down kind of like a crypt, I guess you would say. And Jacob is behind the bar still. They left Jacob because Jacob got bit as well. I think he gets bit by – who does he get bit by? Is it Fred Williamson? Yeah, I think he gets bit by Fred yeah. Williamson on the arm. Yeah, because Fred Williamson, I don't know. It kind of seems like the more of a badass you are when you turn into a vampire, you're really hard to fucking kill. Uh, kind of makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. You just get like, it's like you get upped. You know, you get like a little kind of extra couple of hearts. You level up. You level up. <laughs> level up. Yeah. <laughs> and he's in the back of the bar, Jacob, and he gets a shotgun and then he sees a bat and he's like, hey, this makes a cross. So he's got a cool little cross shotgun thing going on, and the vampires are coming in, and this is when we see the el- I, the kind of what I call in my notes the elder vampires because they look like yeah. fucking creep bat creatures. Yeah, imagine Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh yeah, when he's like looking like a bat, like a bat creature. It's so good. I love it. I love these special effects. I love the way they look. Um, and in this final part of the movie, uh. Basically, from there, they go through all the shit. They realize that they've been collecting shit from truckers. Like They've been doing this for years. Forever. And it's so funny because, like, you can tell it's been through years because one person finds a dope-ass, like, old-school crossbow. And then fucking Scott finds a fucking dope-ass super soaker, which I would have loved to get for my birthday. Which, Which, if you're fighting vampires that are afraid of, like, holy symbols... Which is what they do. They bless all the water. Yes. And then they just fill up the super soaker full of holy water. Genius. That'd be like the best weapon to have. It's ideal. And and I, for those of y'all, the younger audience out there who might be listening, I'm sure most of the people that listen to this show are old as fuck. But I bet you there's like a handful of young people. Super soakers were fucking dope. Like just oh, yeah. the most. I had a double barrel one with the gauge and... um just amazing and it was crazy you could drown somebody in that motherfucker like you could fucking <laughs> kill someone you had one that would have like a it was almost like a flamethrower because you had like uh tanks on your back hell yeah filled with water <laughs> hell yeah like dude super soaker took fucking water fighting to a level that i didn't know could happen other than in the 90s and the colors of all of them were ridiculous uh, i think mine was purple pink Blue and yellow. Like, it looked like oh. a fucking crazy-ass contraption. It was the 90s, so it was all neon colors. Yeah, it was all neon of those colors. Yeah, so it, like, it was it popped like a son of a bitch. Like, oh, it's so good. Anyway, so that's what that's what Scott finds. And I think Seth finds some, like, the dildo machine from Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Get this thing off of me! Like, it's, like, like a, it's like a jackhammer, but he puts a stake in it. Yeah. A wooden stake in it. <laughs> Yeah, it's genius. And uh, Jacob uh, makes the kids swear that they'll kill him because he's obviously going to turn soon. So they go out there. They fight a bunch of the vampires. We get some good fight scenes. Uh, I would like to say that they're highly outnumbered, and luckily a lot of these vampires are just kind of walking around. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't swarm them like you would. They do the bad guy in the movie thing where there's like six of them against one person so they'll rush one at a time yeah I'm just gonna... maybe two at a time <laughs> yeah. and the rest of them are just kind of like dancing around in the background yeah kind of going <laughs> left and right making creature faces yeah. like yeah yeah i'm just gonna wait for my moment and uh jacob turns it eventually jacob turns into a vampire and he kind of looks like a 
a tall leprechaun or some shit. I don't know what he, he just looks creepy as fuck. And the rest of the vamp he bites Scott. And then the rest of the vampires is like basically the equivalent of gang raping, but vampire style. Yeah, he's like laid out. They are biting like, him in every horizontal, spot. and he's got like six vampires just you know chowing down on him. It's fucked up. Like he's like a, it's like he's like a teenage kid, but he looks he looks super young. I don't know if his little his little plushy cheeks, but he, I'm just like, yeah. oh poor Scott, look at him. His little bowl cut. Yeah, his little bowl <laughs> cut. Like he looks twelve, but I think he's supposed to be like sixteen. Yeah, probably. And um, they beat the fuck out of his ass, and then uh, uh, is it Catherine or Kate. She Kate, yeah. she shoots to because he like begs for his life to like uh, not begs for his life he begs for her to kill him and she shoots does is he full of bombs because it it explodes and yeah kills. he just explodes <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> holy shit don't know there's time there's times that they like kill a vampire and throw them away and then they explode when they hit the ground who knows <laughs> mag- it's just magic. <laughs> and then as the you know after all that then Seth punches uh oh well then that's when we get the big bat who turns into a bat I forget who the fuck well sex machine turns into a rat oh earlier on yeah se- yeah sex machine turns into a rat uh, I forgot about that I for- I missed that part but yes it's great it's great special effects that's a great rat monster I feel like that was a rat monster that was made for a different movie that just didn- fell through <laughs> they and were like, like we need to use this can we just throw in this fucking rat monster into your vampire movie and uh yeah he gets destroyed uh by the way fucking George Clooney kicks that giant rat like about 50 feet into the fucking air and I'm like okay bro you're not that strong. <laughs> <laughs> like you're, you're, yeah. I mean, maybe you're going in for leg day, but you're definitely not knocking leg day that much out the park. Like holy shit. So after all that, it's now just Seth and and Kate, and they start shooting holes, right? I think to like, yeah, because they they realize that the sun has risen, and of course the sunlight hurts the vampires, and they only have like six bullets left, and it's still loaded with vampires. It's, so they start yeah. shooting the holes in the walls and windows and stuff to make like a light barrier around them. It's, and they're like, we are fucked. <laughs> it's yeah. This is like the first time you start feeling like, holy shit, what the hell's going to go on? Like, honestly, like a way a lot of these movies are supposed to make you feel like, yeah. oh, shit, these these people are fucked. Then all of a sudden you but, hear like a guy knock on the door. <laughs> guess who saves the day? <laughs> hey, man, we're trying to get like, hey, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? And they open the front door, and it lets in all the sun that hits the disco. Of course, it hits a disco ball, which turns into, like, fucking <laughs> sunlight lasers. and fucking... Yeah, it's like lasers slicing all the vampires. It's so good. Like, this is some shit when you're, like, high at, like, 2, 3 a.m. and drunk. Yeah. You're like, then it hits a disco ball, right? And, then it, it... and everybody just starts exploding. <laughs> it's so fucking fun. So then, after that, Seth and, and Kate, they leave the fucking bar. Finally, they get out for safety. It's the morning time. It is now dawn. And they meet Carlos, played by Cheech Barin. And he asks... Uh, <laughs> Seth, right away, right away, is like, why the fuck did you want to Why, here? of all the places we could have met, why did it have to be right here? <laughs> and he's like, well, it's open from dusk till dawn, like, I mean... Yeah, I thought you'd have a good time. It's a strip bar. <laughs> <laughs> he punches the shit out of him in the face and... And says one of the best, because Cheech is like, 
what were they, psychos? Yeah. <laughs> Seth says one of the best lines. He's like, did those look like psychos to you? Those were vampires. Psychos do not explode in sunlight. I don't care how fucking crazy they are. <laughs> <laughs> and he makes enough of a case where he's able to get 5% off of the amount that he owes Carlos, which is a good deal. I mean, he tried to get 15 but Cheech Money ain't fucking with that. Uh, and they go back and forth, and eventually they land on 25 Seth gives Kate a good bunch of money, like a solid wad of money to get her home. Uh, she originally wants to go with him, right? Yeah. Uh, She's like, what's an El Rey? He's like, you don't want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh. like, just here's some money. Just get in the RV and just go back. He's like, you met my brother, right? It's a bunch of those. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of those creepy <laughs> motherfuckers. And uh, yeah, probably a good idea. That was actually maybe the best thing Seth did was make sure that she does not go with him to El Rey. Like, that would not have been a good life for her. And so she, I guess she eventually just, she walks her way toward the RV and uh, to get to leave. I would have just stole a motorcycle or a car. There was like a ton of shit there. <laughs> yeah. She could have came. It's like, can she drive that RV? I wouldn't be able to, yeah, probably. screw that. I would have just stolen a car. I'd be backing into shit constantly. <laughs> and uh, then the camera pans back behind the titty twister and we see that it's like some kind of Aztec temple underground yeah it's like an aztec pyramid because they and it's the filled with old trucks it's amazing it's clearly they've been doing this for centuries never getting like always just never anyone noticing because if you think about it bikers and truckers are some of the most just independent people that are just like outsider people so it's like the kind of folks you could totally yeah. take off the face of the earth and people would They're know. constantly traveling. No one knows exactly where they are at one moment. Might be harder to do now with GPS, but... Back then. This was yeah. pre-GPS. Especially bikers. Like, like they just kind of travel in packs, and mm -hmm. if you get rid of all of them, no one's ever know what the fuck happened. So, yeah, and, and that honestly kind of opened... To me, uh, I've heard this from a lot of screen you know screenwriters, like... Always the op the you know always in your movie where there's a possibility for a sequel even if you don't plan on making one because well they did and they, they did made two sequels and a TV series yes they did I haven't seen the TV series and I have not seen the sequels I do want to see at least the sequel to this one I would like to see that one because I heard that that one's like not horrible yeah it's okay yeah I never saw the third one Hangman's Daughter that was like a historical one. yeah I think that was a prequel um. It's a, it's a, obviously the third installment, but it's supposed to be kind of like a prequel of like the same vampire race that was ruling the, or at least had like their own shit going on back in the day. So that might be kind of interesting to see too. Maybe we'll cover those if there's mustaches. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll cover all of them. I don't get to cover a lot of horror movies, even though you get to cover them every week now. But that's all I do. Yeah, horror is my game. I love it personally. Uh, but uh, I, I honestly felt like I think when I started my show, I was like, oh, I kind of want to watch. Uh, I need to watch other movies. Like I've, I've not seen a lot of other movies, like a lot of especially like 70s movies. I feel like, yeah, what the fuck. I just there's so many good ones and I'm not seeing. Yeah, there's so many movies to see that it's one good thing about having a podcast is you're going to watch movies that you never thought you'd watch before. And sometimes you like them. It's amazing. Some sometimes you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, unfortunately, those are the ones that listeners like because they're a bunch yeah. of fucking bastards. Uh, yeah. 
Anyway, so uh, that's the end credits from there. And as y'all know, I like to do a quick impression of the movies that I cover. This is a little segment I like to call Quick Impressions. <clears throat> Quick impressions. All right, pussy, 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 come on in, pussy lovers. Here at the Titty Twister, we're slashing pussy in half. Give us an offer on our best selection of pussy. This is a pussy blowout. All right, we got white pussy, black pussy, Spanish pussy, Asian pussy. We got hot pussy, cold pussy. We got wet pussy. We got smelly pussy. We got our hairy pussy, bloody pussy. We got snapping pussy. We got silk pussy, velvet pussy, naga hide pussy. We even got horse pussy, dog pussy, chicken pussy. Come on, you want pussy? Come on in, pussy lovers. If we don't got it, you don't want it. Come on in, pussy lovers. All right, so that is the quick impression. <laughs> Yay! It's <laughs> <laughs> the best part of the whole damn movie. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that hurt my chest. <laughs> Naga hide pussy. <laughs> I honestly forgot how we said it. I was like looking at the word. I'm like, what is that word? <laughs> yeah. Snapping pussy. I know. And he even does like little hands like a puppet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That scene is so fucking. I don't know if he just improv that or that was a script. It probably... I don't know, but it's brilliant. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's the best Cheech Buddy shit. Like, I wish he just did that all the time. Just fucking <laughs> say pussy over and over again. <laughs> So, Candace, as you know, I do like to rate these movies by my favorite mustaches. Um, you know, you got the full Full Manchu recommendation for Hell Yeah. You got the uh, Walrus mustache for Pretty Damn Good. You got the Horseshoe mustache for eh, Not Bad. And the Hitler mustache for Fuck This Movie, I Hope It Burns in Hell. And, of course, you're more than welcome to add a couple of middle mustaches if you have to. Well, how would you rate this movie? Oh, it's... Full, full Fu Manchu. Woo! Are you kidding me? This is, to me, one of the most perfect movies ever made. It just yeah. never stops. Fuck yeah. I agree. I completely agree. I also give this the full Fu Manchu recommendation. I honestly forgot how much I liked this movie. I had not seen it in probably seven years or something. So... Seeing it in my 30-year-old mind... I'm not 30 years old. I'm in my 30s. Uh, <laughs> I wish I was 30 right. years old. Um, but seeing it as an older adult, uh, I appreciated it even more. Like there's like even more that I enjoyed about it, yeah. more nuances that I would have noticed, would not have noticed as being a younger piece of shit. Um, and I just really had a good time. You know, it's a, it's a really good movie. I recommend you watch this movie if you've never seen it. What is wrong with you? Seriously. It's on HBO Max. I know y'all have HBO Max or you have a relative that has it. Fucking ask for their password and watch this movie. It's so good. And I had a jolly good time with it. Uh, Candace, do you have anything to uh, plug for the show? Anything you'd like to? Oh, I sure do. Yeah. If you liked, you know, my brand of horror or if you like horror movies in general, listen to the Bloody Bits Horror Show podcast. You? Yeah. It's a good show. There's also Bloody Bits Dot com, I think, is the website. Honestly, I never go to the website. That's <laughs> that's Eddie's thing. <laughs> I didn't even know my name had been added, and he put me in as intern. <laughs> oh, what a dickhead. He's such yeah, a I was like, shit. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. But you can also, we also have a Patreon, 
So if you're like, hey, I really like this Eddie the Axe and Tim Yobo and, you know, Candace, well, actually. (laughs) (laughs) We also have a Patreon. You can throw some money our way. And if on a certain, I think it's like the $10 Yobo gold level, you also have access to the Blood Bank, which is a Plex server that Eddie runs. That's what pretty much all the Patreon money goes towards. There's over 2,500 rare, obscure horror movies and just exploitation movies in general on there. Yeah, I am a proud uh, Patreon member, which I don't even have to be because uh, I'm an often a guest on the Bloody Bits Horror Show. As a, in fact, the, I think the second guest of that show altogether. And, um, you know, Eddie was nice enough to give me access to all that stuff. But just out of pure support, you know, I joined the Patreon and I love seeing all the different uh, things coming from there. So definitely join them. Uh, do, what is the Instagram uh, that you prefer to follow if they wanted to follow some more uh, Bloody Bit stuff or next episodes coming up? I don't, I don't know the Instagram. <laughs> I think, I think you can either follow Eddie the Axe for sure on Twitter, and or at Bloody Bits on Twitter, and you should be able to f- figure out what the next episode is coming up. Yeah. Also, my uh, Twitter name is Horror Hoochie Sixty Nine. <laughs> So that should be easy to find. And if there's a new episode of the Bloody Bits coming out or anything else I'm appearing on, sometimes the grind bin, I'm going to put it on there. So yeah, <laughs> you'll be able to find a link. I was going to say, you do host, you know, you do uh, uh, guest uh, guest host or guest on a, a lot of different podcasts, including this one and, and the grind bin. So yeah, you've had some good episodes on there. And what what is it that they call uh, the fans of, of you? On the show, Candace Files, Candace Files, <laughs> or Candace Clapcatchers. There you go. That was the one I was looking for. Yeah, the Candace Clapcatchers might be one of the cat. That needs its own T-shirt, to be honest, because I would buy it, especially like if it's like jersey form. I want like my own number, and I want Candace Clapcatchers as the team. That would be fantastic. Um, you know, I don't really have anything to promote for the show. I don't know what I have coming up because I can't remember. But just follow. The show at Mustachioed Podcastio on Instagram and M Podcastio on Twitter. And I will let you know what I'm coming up on. I should be guessing on a couple of shows coming up. So, yeah, just a lot of good stuff coming up from here. So, thank you so much for being on the show, Candace. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And I uh, hope you have a good one. Until next time, bye.